Hi everybody and welcome to the Endless Sales Podcast, the Friday night for sales. We've got the drink up already. I'm on the Marathi. Willie, what are you on and also how are you? I'm good mate, I'm on the Guinness, the old nitro surge cans. We need that after nice. this week, I've got an uh, exciting, a good uh, looking forward to the weekend ahead and looking forward to getting stuck in the night. It's been, I think it was last Monday I was on, so i uh, looking forward to getting tucked in. Like you're going to get tucked into that Guinness and also... Grace's pub is looking tremendous behind you as well. And James, what about yourself, buddy? How have you been? And what are you drinking tonight? I am. I'm all good, mate. Looking forward to another wee moan. But uh, I'm letting the team <laughs> do my own. I'm on dark fruits, so I'm, I'm letting the side down here. Did you see? Do you notice how quick he went? I'm on dark fruits and just set it back down again. Uh, just hide it. They've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> but before just I get cracked in, here, listen, ease off. Curves is all right. It's the Rocky Mountains. Your nipples are cold. You're drinking it. It's, it's brilliant. But we're going to have a, a wee look at what's coming up. joining the English football players. Where would you be on that? If they were to come out of that league and be operating down here, they could build a stadium in Glasgow that they could share, not that they want to, for a hundred thousand people. Yeah. And there would still be there would still be people queuing outside waiting to get in. Well, hey, them, them, them videos, them wee clips are tapping nuts. I see the wee soundtrack goes over. You're just, you're just bopping along, just nodding, getting stuck into it. It's actually, it's good cracking. In the comments, Monty's in, Sam Fran's in, uh, Stephen Coulthard's on the tenants, Sam Fran's selling, Marsh is going to have sweaty, night, sweaty nightmares about Eda and his penalty kicks. So, I mean, we've done the, the cooldown, which is which has reached a, a thousand views on YouTube. So thanks, everyone, for watching that. You can also um, catch up with that. That was our post-match reaction to the Hibs game. We'll be doing plenty more, more of them towards the, the end of the season as well. Something to look forward to. But Willie, a lot of emotions. I mean, you're coming straight off the game. Literally, the game ended and I started the stream. So we didn't get any comments from the manager. And 
and things like that. I mean, Jed, Gavin, Gavin, come on, he was all guns blazing, ready to ready to rock, just pulling the trigger, bang, bang, bang. As you said, it felt like a therapy session, but I think it was, at the end of the day, it was the frustration, I would say, the majority of Celtic fans were feeling towards that game and also the performances uh, beforehand in, in previous football matches too. But, I mean, snaps and grab is what we've kind of labelled this podcast. It, it definitely was that aspect of things, wasn't it, in, in terms of the, the game at Easter Road? Yeah, absolutely. If, you're, if it's t- you need two penalties to win a game, then and one of them's in the dying seconds, then yeah, it's, you, you can't really label it anything else. Um, yeah, again, not the best performance, unfortunately. But uh, I mean, three points, still top of the league. That's all that matters. And then you do get these games throughout the season. <laughs> maybe not so much as we've had recently, but you do get these games where you you you, you maybe struggle at times. But listen, as long as we keep getting the three points. Um, I'll be happy. I don't care how we, how we get them. Well, obviously, I do care. I want us to be playing better football. But uh, as long as we get the three points, uh, I'm happy. Although the fucking roller coaster of emotions I went through and went tonight, <laughs> uh, the dogs were going after nut because I was fucking. I was up up the high door. Uh, aye, the Celtic don't do don't do easy. Don't make it easy for you. No, hundred percent. I think San Fran here, James, is playing around to be a bit com- comfortable in against Sims and the fans are still upset. For me, anyway, it was far from comfortable. And I think if you actually look at the game on the whole, I think they created more clear-cut opportunities than, than we did in the whole game. They looked the more dangerous, especially in the second half. And as Willie said, I mean, three points is three points, but two penalty kicks to beat a hip side that were, I think, the, the best two wins the last 14 or something like that. Anyway, under under Nick Montgomery, it wasn't a great run of, run of, run of form for them. And a bit like the Ross County game, they challenged us and they're probably the most, I don't know, crap team in the SPFL, no disrespect, but do you know what I mean? The supporters are catching on to this. It's like a trend that's forming that we're not putting away teams. Just start quick and then we tail off towards the end of the first half. And it was almost carbon copy of Pataudry as well and Aberdeen. And you just thought as, as the game wore on that Hibs actually looked more likely to score. Did, did you get that feeling as well? Definitely, mate. I, I mean, I don't think there's any point being about the bush. I think we, we get out of jail on uh, Wednesday night. I think we get a, a massive kind of bit of luck. Um, obviously, Hibs missed a fair few chances as well. And obviously, they, they games 100% are games that will go a long way to, to winning the league come the end of the season, fingers crossed. But as you say, it feels like we're watching that performance week in, week out. And I... I, I I can't take any confidence for it. I know we get the win and that's massive, but can I move him forward for that? Is he going to change things up? And for me personally, I think he has to, but I don't think it will happen. Um, but nah, obviously the three points is massive. Um, it looks like we've finally got somebody that can put penalties away convincingly. Um, so hopefully we keep that up. But as far as positives go, I think that was the main positive I can take for the game is that we got the win and we've got somebody that looks like they can take penalties. Yeah, I mean, if people want to read as well, we're also doing articles in the Celtic blog. Anthony Dunn has, has penned his, his third article. Um, James uh, James B. Forrest is helping him do that on the Celtic blog. Obviously, our point of view, the NSL's podcast is fantastic. It's great exposure. And we have the links on our Twitter page. He speaks about it, Willie. The Celtic fans need to get used to the fact that it's... um. Win and ugly, it's still three points. And it, it's all well and good saying that, but I think that you really even alluded to it at the start there. You want us to play with a certain kind of panace, a certain kind of entertainment value. And I mean, if we look at the actual team itself, the wingers, like, what's going on? Like, Nicholas Kuhn came in, and for me, yes, it's his first game, his first real taste of Scottish football, albeit he did score in one of the games, he came on as a cameo, but he was in from the start. 
He never took his man on, and that's what we were looking forward to from Nicholas Kuhn. He always was cutting back, and I, I thought that he got out-muscled by Obika nine times out of ten, and he had him in his back pocket, to be honest. And then, on the other side, side Mieta came in for Palma. Big call. Mieta's just back from the Asian Cup, so he travel and stuff, but he, he's straight into the starting 11. Palma's dropping to the bench, and again, does that back up what people are saying about Palma? Is that he lacks the 90-minute the quality, taking the man on, doing the track and back. We know Mieta can do that for 90 minutes, but again, it's the final third aspect of things. So, where, where do you stand at the moment? Yeah, winning ugly is, is good because it's three points, but I guess a contrast to what we were doing last season, the Dingwalls and the, the Dundee Uniteds, we were playing with a certain style right to the end, we never stopped. Where like James says now, you just don't know the identity no more, or how we're trying to play football. Uh, yeah, it's difficult to argue against that. I mean, I just think, I think the manager said that, I know we'll talk on his post-match comments, but he said after the game, I just think we were lacking that sort of creativity and I think we have been for a while I think when um when O'Reilly's not at it we've, we've not got much creativity in the way of the midfield and, and the wingers um if he's at it then we, we look all right but if he's not unfortunately we don't um I like the fact Maeda came in again um I think he's I think he's a sound sound footballer he does he, he helps us out going back the way which Palmer doesn't either but the thing with Maeda is you're talking about creativity and he's not that player either. Um oh. sometimes he's he looks like he's he's his boots are on the wrong feet. Um but, but <laughs> he's such an enigma Maeda because <laughs> everything he does and and sometimes you sit watching with your head in your hands and you want to slate him. But I think most people would have him in the, in the first eleven. It's madness. Um but I would have him in there. Uh, Palmer for me, obviously he's got the numbers this season with, with goals and assists but he's he's just far too predictable every if I'm a fullback against him I'd be I'd be sitting lapping it up because he just cuts back on that right foot pretty much 99% of the time um, and I, I mean he can create things he's got a good cross on him but uh, I was Kuhn was Kuhn was a big disappointment for me and I'm not obviously can't judge him on the small time we've seen him I'm not writing him off um, but he was the one that I was looking forward to Seeing start because I mean the Glasgow Celtic way is is the the, the flair and, and the wingers and I, I was looking forward to seeing him do that and it just didn't at all, uh, so that was a disappointment. Especially see the, the see the problem is as well. See when you've got a big guy down there, you're wanting like Palmer should he should be loving it because you just need mm-hmm. to find him in the box. He's he's a unit. Uh, and again, we just didn't do that. Or just again, I, I I I totally agree with the manager that we're just lacking that creativity and. Like I'm Brendan Rogers' biggest fan, but the the like the and I understand this whole possession based play and resting with the ball, but but there's resting the ball and then there's like snoozing on the ball. Like there needs to be a bit of there needs to be a bit of cutting edge, which we've lacked uh, recently. But uh, you turn the other side of the coin. You know me, I always try and look at things glass half full mm-hmm. rather than half empty, and um, we have been pretty dire recently. Dyer and, and, and in his last seven games we've got six wins and a, and a, and a draw so imagine what we're going to do when we get going Yeah, I, know, I do agree with that and I think one of the the surrounding things is well, I think me and you spoke about this as well Like I love a debate more than anybody and I love getting stuck into the board but see that January window it drained the absolute life clear out of me I got headaches mate. I got headaches from it and it was like oh this can't keep going on and I think like well he said James 
And if we, we have to contrast and compare, it's only fair we do that. We looked upon Dingwall, Tanadice, and a few other wins under Postacoglu as these great things to lead us on to, to victory and, and clinching trophies. Where I think what's compounding this for Rogers is, is the feeling around the club at the minute. It's the divide among the fans. It's the fans blaming, not blaming, we all know the board are a bunch of half-wits anyway, but it's the fans going at the board. Rogers making comments that are like, nah, is, he, is he questioning the fans? Is he telling the, the players not to care? And then when you're seeing performances like that on the pitch, I mean, one of the most telling things was Liam Scales had the most touches and most passes during the game against Hibs. That shouldn't be happening. It should be our midfield controlling the game, not a centre-half. And like Willie said, his famous phrase was, you rest on the ball. But it is dire, it is boring, it's so slow, it's so passive, it's lethargic. And I think teams like Hibs, are, they get encouragement from that. If, if they see that in the first half, Nick Montgomery's going in at half-time in the dressing room, press, press Celtic out the pitch. Be a bit quicker in the tackle. They can't cope with it. And to be fair, we didn't. And it's like, winning ugly is great, but I don't think we can keep doing that till the end of the season. There has to be, like what, what Willie said there, a moment where you pull the trigger and you see the real Celtic, you see what we're made of, what we're capable of going forward. Aye. Well, it's, do you say that uh, winning ugly is absolutely fantastic if you're doing it on occasion? See if you're doing it constantly. And look, we have, if we're being honest, we dropped points last week, we've dropped a lot of points recently. There's just a point where you're playing ugly, you're not winning ugly, you're just playing ugly and you're not always getting the results. And look, I, I said it myself on Wednesday night, obviously, after the game, um, that has to kickstart our season. It's February. Why are we st- we're already out of cup? We've already played all our games in Europe and we're now going into the tail end of the league season and we're still talking about kickstarting our season. It shouldn't it shouldn't be this way. Um, and look, as I've said before, absolutely everything that was good about us last year has totally been removed for the team. And look, I understand we've got injuries and obviously Jota's no there and things like that. that. That's a different argument. But absolutely everything. I mean, Rogers in the, the run-up to the Hibs game and I think even in the run-up to the Aberdeen game after the Ross County game the week prior, it always talk was about we need to play at high tempo and we need to play the passes a lot quicker and things like that. And it's just it's just lip service. It's non-existent. I would genuinely like to see what, what they do in training because... It's just sideways, tippy tappy, boring stuff, and it's like we just seem to let kind of ten or eleven men get behind the ball, and then we're just quite happy to pass it round them. And if we get any breaks for that, then we'll take it as it comes. But that's uh, the last three games there. I, I read I read it earlier. That's the last three games we've played. Obviously, going back to the Ross County game, we've scored four goals. Two of them have been penalties, and two of them have been massive deflections. And there is just zero, absolutely zero creativity in that team. And that's no singling anybody out because I, I, I feel as if it's across the boards. Like you were speaking about the wingers there. Look, I, I'm totally not saying this to give myself a pat on the back. It's not my style. But look, the, no, genuinely, look, the, the Kuhn thing. Um, I would. <laughs> look, when, when Kuhn came in, um, I, I said I didn't think he was a quality signing. And as I said at the time, that wasn't me saying he, he was a bad player. It wasn't me saying he was going to be a bad signing. But it, I, I didn't think he was going to be the guy. I think it was actually McGinty that said after the Aberdeen game, when you talk about quality and things like that, if a guy's coming on, if it's his first game or he's a hundred first game, you want to see something there. And obviously, I know he gets his goal with the deflection and he did look good. But then you compare that to the, the Hibs game at the weekend and it, it just looks like maybe what we've got, that kind of lightweight, 
cut inside. If watching that Hibs game, you would honestly, genuinely at the start of the game, you'd have thought he was playing right back. And it's just, obviously, everything plays into it. Bernardo appears to have kind of went after Boyle again, kind of like he was before Christmas. O'Reilly, I'll give benefit of the doubt to you, but he's been after it the last few weeks as well. Just pretty much everybody in the team, to be honest. Um, even Adam Eder, if I'm being honest, I, I don't think he was great on Wednesday night. Obviously, he scores the two penalties, which is massive, but outweigh that. I mean, Edouane hit the bar, but it was offside. But Aye. I could, apart from that, was there wasn't any really standouts or anything like that. And that's how, moving on for the Hibs game, getting into the weekend, for me, and I, look, I, I don't think it will happen, but for me at least, Brendan Rodgers, Jake, it's on a sugarly peg. I, 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 I need to see a performance at the weekend. Here we go. No, no, I, I, genuinely, I, I, I need to see a performance at the weekend because that, that, that in Wednesday has to count for something. If we came out and we play well and we won one nothing, then I'll be the first to, to, to give praise and say, aye, right, fair enough. Hopefully we've turned a corner here, but it feels as if we've said that, I mean, beating Rangers on the 30th of December, that was supposed to be the turning point, and we've said that the, the winning against Feyenoord, oh, it was our first one in Europe, we're going to, uh, first one in the Champions League, and we're going to kick on. We've said it time and time again, and it just hasn't happened, so this is kind of la- no last chance, that sounds harsh, because I, I generally don't think he'll get sacked, but I, I just don't see anything positive in terms of the style of play, or I, 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 I'd, I'd love to sit here and be positive, but I, I don't think there's anything we can point to. And I know we'll say about injuries, but we're Celtic. We should be heading shoulders above the rest of the, the rest of the country. And I just don't see anything to say. I he'll be good when we get him back. It'll be a totally different Hitati, maybe. But then at the start of the season, he didn't fancy Hitati. Turnbull was in the team ahead of him. So I, I don't know. I'm going to be a bit of a doom and gloom merchant, but honestly, I. I that's just where I'm at just now. I mean, you're me every week, but I'm <laughs> I'm hosting tonight, so I, I, I can't really know my joke. But I mean, I mean, looking at it, like the, the injury argument for me does kind of dissect on some of what you said there goes out the window. Uh, yeah, we're missing key players, but Nick Montgomery said Hibs were missing four first-team players as well, so they're weakened. But are weakened from what our first-team level should be. We should be still beating Hibs. I get what you're saying, that aspect of things. And Willie... I mean, Estepona boy put up, I left a comment up for a while there um, saying if, if we get beat, Roger should walk. And James is kind of sh- saying the sugarly peg, what Anthony said about Ten Hag at United, but I think his dad changed, changed in that one. And it, it, it is a strange, it's a strange thing. It, again, it goes back to the divide among the support. And look, was I Roger's uh, biggest fan coming back? No, I think I made that perfectly clear at the time. I wasn't. But I think for two reasons here, he, he's not going to leave. First of all, the Celtic board couldn't afford to sack him yeah second of all i don't think he would leave mid-season like he did before and look that might be a stubborn thing but as i said in the chat to you guys the first telltale sign will get willies in the summer if he's going to stay or if he's going to go and i think that's probably going to remain that way but i seen you shaking her head smiling and laughing a wee bit there again in the comments a few people have agreed with, with what james has said where are you standing on that one I think it's absolute fucking madness. <laughs> um, I think you could, could walk away with a, with a like, like I say. I don't know. I know the performances have been poor, but like it, we've won six of our last seven games, top of the league. You could still potentially do a double when we're talking about sacking the manager. I think the problem is, I think one of Angie's um, biggest positives when he came into the club 
because we were in dire straits at that point. The whole uh, uh, fucking uh, COVID season and and Lennon and I, I like. I remember people being like this at that point, and I but I understood it then because we were we were dropping points every week and we were dreadful, dreadful, dreadful. And I, I feel like people are at, react, acting as if it's a, it's it's the same as that. And, I, and me personally, I don't I don't think it is. But what I would say is, is Angie's biggest positive when he came back in is he brought the whole club back together again, and that's fans, that's the fan base, that's the relationship between players and, and the fan, everything. And made it a positive, positive uh, place. I'll tell you now. Once I finish my points, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, made it made it a positive, positive place. Brendan's uh, appointment. I won't, Jed. I, I honestly won't. Uh, Brendan's appointment split the fan base straight away, and he's still not. I, I, I honestly think if he won the treble this year, he still wouldn't win over some of our fans, just because. Uh, They've got, they've obviously got that, still that bitterness against him because uh, what happened in his last tenure, and because of that, coupled with, yeah, the performances haven't been great, the the transfer windows and the board and everything, there's just a massive negativity about the club at the moment, and that obviously is going to feed into the players, and I think it's shown in the performances. Obviously, that's not the reason, the reasoning behind it. I think it's a factor, but. Uh, I, <laughs> I just think we need to have this feel good factor back again, and, and get like everybody says, like like you, mate. I said uh, that transfer window. I actually had to come away. I was meant to be on the podcast last week, and I was like, I can't be on, and I was like, arguing with people on social media, and I was like, I actually had to get away for everything because I was just like, it's not, uh, it's not a debate when you, you feel like you're bringing up facts and people say, oh, you're a fucking, you're a fucking board shag and the rest of it. I couldn't give it. <laughs> I couldn't give a fine fuck about the board, by the way. I would be happy if every one of them left tomorrow. But when you put a point I like that across, board stagger. When you, yeah. when you put when you put a when you put a cheers, Alistair. When you put a point across about something that's like just taking a back seat and looking at all angles, people just think you're and the same. In the, the way you said you said it the other week, it's the same on the other side where people say you're a bedwetter. And I don't agree with all that either. I just. Uh, I, I just don't understand this whole negativity around the club at the moment. Uh, we could go on, like I say, we could go on and win the double. Hopefully we do. Uh, but when you're talking about Rodgers at the end of the season, uh, I think if he isn't backed, I think I, I think he, he will. I think he could walk. I don't think he will be sacked. I think even if we didn't win a thing this year, I don't think he would be sacked. But if we're at that point, then I would be like, obviously... Um, with with the, the haters, so so to say, um, but I I just I I genuinely just think personally, if if this was an, an unknown manager we brought in and he was having the same sort of season, yes, there would be negativity, but I don't think there would be as much of a backlash as there is, and I think it's because of the the, the past and what's what's happened with Brendan before. Well, can I say can I say something there uh, before we get back in, James? Just the well, Ian McIntosh is saying you're wrong about the feel good factor, but. What the supporters like also watched on the pits doesn't bring that. It, it doesn't breed the feel good factor. So, and then San Fran again, Willie keeps it real, but we're playing shite. We can also potentially win sweet fuck all. I'm guessing that means. Um, <laughs> Sam tags Willie. Willie's bang on. So there, there, there are people who do agree with you, but they're also saying that the the, the performances. Yeah, and I would agree with that. 
so where does the feel good factor come from then? What you're saying the generator of the game, but if we're not that's, staying on yeah, the that's that's Dunty Rogers and the team, hundred yeah. percent. They need to be doing better. But <laughs> I'm not sacking them. It's not I don't think it's that bad yet. <laughs> can, can I just piggyback on the back of what you've said there? Aye, yeah, of course. Like the the feel good factor and things like that. See, in theory, based off our record this season, this should be the feel good factor. This is what was it prior to Christmas? We hadn't won three games in a row, and now we're was it unbeaten in seven or eight or something? I, I think. Yeah. So that this technically is our best run of the season in the last seven eight games, and. I mean, even just sitting here having this conversation just shows you how far off it the fit is. And what you were saying there, look, look I, I'm on fucking YouTube <laughs> when Rogers was appointed, and look, don't be I, saying, I, don't be saying you wet, you wet the bed again. You know what no, happened no, last oh, time. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hated, obviously, I hated the way the way Rogers left. I think everybody did. But mm-hmm. when he came back, he, I'm not going to lie, he, he wasn't tapping my list, but I wasn't absolutely dead against it. There was a couple of people I would have preferred to have above him, but he, he was on my list. He was probably, say, third on it, give or take. So he was on my list. But if this was a, a relatively unknown manager that had come in, and this is the level of performances that we'd put in, and we were coming into it after back of the summer recruitment and the January recruitment, which I take on board as a separate issue. That's a board issue. There is not a chance we'd be sitting in February having surrendered an eight-point lead when they had a glorified PE teacher in charge at the start of the season. There is not a chance we would be sitting here saying, it's fine, it'll come good, we'll, we'll wait to the summer. Um, so I'd no, think- I don't... I don't. I don't think that. I don't think so either. But I don't think there would be as much a back. Like I would. I don't think there would be like like we need to get him sacked and out the door. I don't know if I've, I don't know if Brendan's a victim of his own success previously with us, and we all expected because we all did expect him to come back in and play. Because before Ange, for me, that was the best football I'd ever. He gave me some of the best years of my life with that mm. with the team he had then, and we're all expecting that to happen again. And it's not worked out so far, so I can totally understand. Like Jed there again, Jed came in and said, "I need to understand." Why fans are angry. I do understand that. I'm not saying you shouldn't be angry. What I'm saying is, my opinion is, I think it's ludicrous we should be talking about Brendan getting sacked when we are where we are in the league standings and uh, like a cup to go. Right. Well, I, I, I don't, I'm the same as you in fairness. I, I don't think he will get sacked. As Stephen says, I, I don't think we would we would pay him up. The um, moolah, the money. I, I, I think if he goes, it'll be in the summer. If he doesn't get back to walk away and, you couldn't really blame him, to be fair, as long as he leaves his well league title. But I just think, after backing what we've seen, I mean, I'm a dabby right in saying that Rogers is our highest paid manager in history. Well, I'm second sure time around, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he made himself the highest paid the first time and the highest paid the second time. The, Incredible. The first, first time around, you get value for money, but we're getting nowhere near value for money this time around. It's no, miles and miles after. I would agree with that. The football has not been good enough. But, but the positive for me is we're, we're getting results. So and and I like people, some people fans in the more title to say that he's, he won't turn it around. We're pissed. We're all the rest of that. Fine, that's why you're in. But I'm also entitled to say that I've seen what he can Aye. do, and I think he, I think I personally think we will get there. And uh, and when we do, like we're we're we're, we're fucking been playing rank rotten football now, and we're top of the league. So can you imagine what we do if he does get us rip roaring, free flowing, playing football again? So I just, for me, I just think it's bananas to be talking about uh, like sacking at, at this stage. Listen, seeing two or three months' time, if we're at the cup and we're five or six points behind, I can totally understand 
that sort of chat getting thrown about. But just for me personally, with the position we're in at the moment, I just think it's nuts. Um, just to bring a few comments in here, they're flooding in, obviously talking about Rogers. McGrandon made me laugh here. I watched a better game of walking football at the park the other day, played by men in their 70s. That's because you were wearing the captain's armband. <laughs> Paul McFarlane. <laughs> James didn't wet the bed. It was a wet dream. Wow, I didn't even mean to read that out. Uh, Dad Thomas, I was I was glad when BR came back to, but the football we're playing is so boring. Uh, Dion, we aren't at a stage where Brennan should be sacked, but something needs to change as soon as possible. Uh, Sam Frank comes in. If we were 10 points clear, we would still hate watching this pitch. Plums McNugget joins us. Uh, heel, heel. Um, King Will. Yep, not reading that. Heel, heel. 100%. <laughs> Ian McIntosh, uh, we aren't saying sack him now, Willie, but uh, if a few results don't go our way, we need to have a discussion in the round. I'm not saying you, Ian, but people are saying sack him now. That's what I'm, that's yeah, what I'm and, getting at. And I, and I agree. Somebody, somebody said there about being 10, if we were 10 points clear and playing this, we'd still be saying it's shit. I'd be saying it was shit too, but like, we're, we're still 10 points clear. That's my point. It's, it's no, I'm not talking about the football. I totally agree with everybody. The football has been ranked rotten. Wednesday night, I was going half my fucking dinger. Um, I was going fucking nuts in the house, and it's probably because I'm on here and some and some because I'm don't like saying that term, but it's sort of like I I try to be more the glasses half full and try to try to defend certain things, and then when it's not going the way, I feel like a fucking prick. So it's even more yeah. So it's, I feel like it's even more more so for myself watching it because I'm like oh, I'm going to go on here next week and everybody's going to see fucking told you we should have sacked him or we should be getting rid of this player or that player so I am I'm a fan as much as everybody else and I'm, I I don't like the football we're playing at the moment either but it's it's fucking dire it's piss piss poor I just again I just don't think it's it's bad enough that we should be in the position we are in the league with still a cup to go as well I just don't think I, I, that, that might change like I said in a couple of months time depending on how the results go um, a couple of months time I'll, I'll, I'll maybe change my mind, but at this moment in time, it's just it's no chance for me. James, I mean, again, let's see. Absam Tax comes in, 13 games to win the league. Ian McIntosh, when things slide with Brendan, he's never pulled the back, Liverpool, Leicester, for examples. One thing I did want to touch upon, obviously, we've took a wee, a wee different path here. That's fine. It's all well and good. I knew it was going to go that way tonight. But in, in terms of Rodgers, there's, there's a lot of people talking about his demeanour, his. Uh, post-match press conferences, they're so up or they're down and there's no in-between. The way he is on the sideline, now people are questioning that he's not being animated, he's not giving instructions to the players, he's just handing pockets and sometimes you see him writing down a shopping list on his notebook, for all we know anyway, do you know what I mean? But everything is coming into question. And to be fair, I do agree with Willie. Look, on, on past evidence, Rogers has been a fantastic coach of ourselves. He won the travel, invincible travel. And we're on course to win the double this year, all being well touch wood, not trying to jinx it. So I kind of get what he's saying in terms of not sacking him or, or not kind of pulling that trigger and being like, right, you go. Because at the end of the day, it leaves a big void. Who we're going to replace him with? A John Kennedy and Neil Lennon again to see us through the end of the season? That would be even more uproar. I don't think the board have the imagination to go out and pull a, a top European coach into the side this late on in the season. That, that wouldn't happen. So I, I do agree with, with Willie on that front. But Every single thing is being questioned about Rogers, tactics, demeanor, and is it just because there's an element the supporters who haven't quite forgiven and compound it with the, the the performances in the last couple of games? I mean, let's break it down. And if I was on the other side here, I'd probably be going nuts as well. But I have to be kind of balanced in what I'm saying. 
six out of the seven games we've won. Uh, we dropped two points. I know what the goals we haven't scored, but we're still top of that league. Yeah, we've dropped the in the point advantage, but since that Rangers game, we said was vital. We have won all the games bar one. We're still unbeaten. So why is everything under a microscope so much? Because I think if the, if this was Postacoglu, if this was a different manager like Maresca, it will be trust the process, trust what's happening. There's going to be a final result at the end of it. Trust these players and whoever come in in the, in the summer window. So wh- where do you sit in that one? I disagree with that, to be honest, because I think you could just point to Ange when, when Ange first came in. Um, he, wasn't, he wasn't getting the results, obviously, Pinecastle, his first game and things like that. But, but the feeling was different. The he, feeling was different. No, exactly. But my, my point is, when Ange was here, look, I know we keep we need to stop talking about him, but it's, it's obviously a reference point. But when when he first came in and, and he wasn't getting the results, you, you, you could point to it and say there's a clear style of play. When he gets the players in, as he did early in fairness as well, which again wouldn't have helped Rogers out because the recruitment's been terrible. But again, that's a separate issue with the board. But there was a clear style of play, and early on we seen the shouting at Stephen Well stop passing it back and all that. I mean, fucking the shout for Rogers must be stop passing it forward because it is just constant <laughs> sideways stuff. But it, but it genuinely is though, and it's like that. as I said. Kind of a few minutes ago there, like literally what you've just said there, this is our best run this season. And and Lucas, do you know what I mean? Like we're on here arguing, and well, I'll stress, I, I'm not saying sack Rogers the new. I, I'm not saying that. I agree that would be that would be stupid. Um, because I like you're saying you're looking at like a new Lennon, fucking Gordon Stratton probably. But I will caveat that by saying when it gets to that point, and you're saying, ah, but if we sack him, then then who would we get? At that point, that's a criticism of the board. That is not a defence of the manager. My hope moving forward for here, and I, I just, I, I honestly don't think it will happen. And I was raging on Wednesday night, as you've seen in the group chat, with his first set of subs. Plan B for Brendan Rodgers, and it was the same in his first spell when it was they working as well. Plan B for Brendan Rodgers is try plan A with different players. And it just doesn't work. It was like, and Wednesday night was a perfect example of it. When he made that first set of subs, obviously I was in the group chat moaning that he wasn't throwing Kyogo up front with Weida, just for a bit more of a kind of focal point, and we could go to up and obviously hopefully snatch a goal. But his first set of subs, he went like for like. I know Welsh was injured, but he swapped, was it Kuhn for Abada? And I mean, the less said about Abada that night, the better. But it was the like for like thing. And then it was literally, what, five minutes later, he changes it and he goes two up front. And obviously Kyogo goes in the run, gets a shot half, wins a penalty, and then he just scores it. So moving forward, can, can we start games like that? Because at the weekend, I, I don't want to see us play 4-3-3 again because we've seen it all season and it's so, so boring to watch. And I don't care what he says in these interviews because he spoke like, all through fucking November, December and January. It was all about quality, but it feels as if since January it's been all about playing at a higher tempo and the speed of the pass, that seems to be his kind of, his phrase nowadays, but it's no happening. It, it, he's saying it, and it's all well and good saying it in an interview, but it's no reflected on the on the park, and the Fitbit is, we all agree, the Fitbit is terrible. So for me, something needs to change, whether that's gone three at the back, whether it's gone fucking 4-4-2, which is probably a bit foreign these days, but um, I something needs to change. It just I, I just don't understand why we would 
want to keep playing the same way we're playing and watching the same thing. And it's getting to the stage now where we're going through wingers and we've changed the striker and it's still the same. Nothing is changing. So the problem isn't the players. And look, I've already said the players aren't as good as they were last year. Palm isn't near near Jota's level. Obviously, I know we're missing Carter Vickers now. The, the two at the back are nowhere near his level. Hitati and Bernardo, nowhere, well, sorry, Bernardo's nowhere near Hitati's level. And I take all that on board. But we've we've swapped all the players out, we've changed it all about, and it's no changing. So surely it's the system that, that we need to change. See, yeah. see just to, sorry, see, just to come back on that, um, like we always talk about Ange, but Ange. I'm pretty sure he was quoted. I'm pretty sure it was an interview where he's, they said about a plan B, and he said, "Don't need a plan B. Plan A works. It just needs to change the personnel." Aye, I that... know his style was obviously much better, but like I, I think it's a bit unfair to say that that about Rogers when that's what Ange, Ange has actually came out and said that like plan A works. We just need to change the personnel, and he's done the exact same thing when he was here. Obviously, we were playing far better football at the time, but. Mm. I I take that on board. Obviously, when you're playing well, I mean, you can say that. But I I know Ange on this we never stop stuff and look the quick shies, quick goal kicks. It would do or nothing at times when it was close at the end of a game. But <laughs> Ange didn't. He? I think it's a bit of a myth that Ange always played that way because he didn't. He? Like the game, um, games at Ibrox the second half where we just kind of shut up, show up and sat in, and we done it well to be fair. So he, he did tweak his style of play, maybe didn't he? Well, I mean, realistically, every formation these days is some sort of variation of 4 3 3, but yeah. he did make wee tweaks now and again. Um, obviously, just after time, he'd like him saying the game at Ibrooks where we kind of sat in and it wasn't the obviously kind of constant forward pass and quick movement and things like that. So I I, I just, uh, to be honest, I just need to see better fit. I know I'm saying about formations and all that, it just has to be better. Yeah. I mean, to put it into perspective a bit, I know we're, again, we're comparing and stuff like that, but did we not get hammered last season at Easter Road towards the end of the season? It was like four. Uh, I know, I I know, I know, I know, and the circumstances are different, but it it was a final, final score to beat us by four goals. Like, I mean, it's still not good enough, no no matter how you dress it up, even if we're winning the league at a canter. And Willie, Doc Boy, um, by the way, new name. Good to have you along. There's a couple of new names in the comments tonight. Good for everyone joining us. I crack really the personnel Brendan's disposal is utter shite. And there's a few people questioning the players' attitude, questioning the, the players' performances levels. Maybe their attitude has to change. And one player I'd like to throw into this discussion because it's a nice wee segue is Leo Bada. And he came onto the pitch in, at Easter Road. We talked about it briefly on the cooldown, the post match reaction, just kind of. Brief points on it, me, Jed, and Gavin. But looking back on it now, I mean, there's people saying he shouldn't wear a Celtic shirt again, that he's totally down tools because he didn't join in with celebrations. And even the celebration for the goal was quite muted as well. Is he one, if you with hindsight, we should have probably let go in January, recoup the transfer fee? Because to me, he doesn't look happy. I know we get the whole body language experts and stuff. and but genuinely on the pitch, what you expect of a batter is directness and, and stuff like that. But he hasn't showed that in the last three games. And then overall, the, the, the landscape of things, is it a, a player's attitude problem? Rogers had said that before about Larga Belga and, and things like that. But yeah, he did flip-flop in his opinion when he came in for the Champions League game and stuff. So you don't know what to believe. But can you see it being a, a player issue that they're not just wanting maybe to move on or they're not happy with something? 
I don't think so. I don't think he'd be playing if, if Brendan thought that, if, if he had an attitude issue. I mean, I, like, obviously there's all the stuff going on just now. We've touched on that hundreds of times before we're bad at. Um, and I can, I can totally, I can understand him not wanting to go to a fan base that's waving certain flags or whatever. Like, you know, I mean, I don't want to get any of all that stuff, but I can understand that. Um, and he's he's just came back for injury and he's off form, as as are much of the players. And he's because of what's going on, I think he's just kind of getting... I mean, there was a point last year where everybody was wanting O'Reilly sold because he wasn't. He was he was off form. Players go through stages where they're not. They're out of form. Unfortunately for us, it's a majority of the team at the moment that are out of form, but we're still picking up points. Um, I just think I I don't think we. I I think we. I'm glad we held on to him. I agree with Jed. The cool down show was brilliant on Wednesday night. By the way, guys, uh, really enjoyed it. I loved. Uh, Gavin's run. I've never seen him. He's every time I've been on with him or seen him on the podcast, he's been pretty cool, calm, and collected. But he lost his top Wednesday. It was in, it was good viewing. Um, and uh, I so I wouldn't. I, 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 on the Wednesday night, Jed was talking about how you know he he, he personally he thinks Abada is a player, and we we've seen it. Abada is a player, and but he, he isn't the Abada that we we've seen in previous seasons, getting getting goals and getting forward, but. Again, he's, I mean, he's back. He's just back for injury. The, the team's not playing great football at the moment. Uh, I think if we were, it'd be um, we'd be sitting having a different conversation. I, I think. Okay, <laughs> maybe I'm just fucking. Maybe I'm just naive, but I think again he'll be, he'll be back, and I, I think he'll be back amongst the goals. Um, he'll be all right, man. I don't think. I think that people are just jumping to conclusions with the obvious connections you can make about why he would be. Um, why you'd be upset or not playing, uh, or not playing well? I mean, just a player that's not playing. Well. The, the, the whole a lot of the other players aren't playing well either. But nobody's making them a scapegoat because there's not a connection to current affairs that are happening in world football at the moment. So I, I think it's a bit unfair. Um, yeah, I'm still I'm still glad uh, Abad is a Celtic player, and I'm sure that he'll come good. Um, hopefully, over the coming weeks. What about the wider issue though in the squad, in terms of attitude? Do you see any? Differences in players in, in um, terms of how they're performing on the pitch mentally. Um, I don't know. Not. I mean, I don't. I don't think they're necessarily not trying. Yeah. No, I don't no, think anyone's just, saying it's that. Pitch. It's just. Yeah. <laughs> it's just. <laughs> we're just gone through a wee, like a fucking run where we're just not playing. <laughs> we're just not. I mean, and I. I, I Obviously, we should be. James is right. We talked about we've, there's been several games this season where it's like we're going to kick on for here and we've not. Um, <laughs> um, and, and we've not kicked on. And you can't really... I was going to use the argument that like it's a totally different style of play, but you, it's obviously been a, a, a long, long time in the season now where we should be. Um, uh, see, just a mix of the two. I think we'd be a mix of the two styles would be perfect because I do think... Mm. Andrew's rip-rowing style was obviously electric to watch, but like in the Champions League we failed because everybody was on their arse after an hour. So, like, but the whole kind of resting on possession as well, aye, brilliant. Just no, just no for 85 minutes of the game, resting on possession. We need to, there needs to be a bit of creativity and directness and attack and play. So, no, I don't think, I don't think there's, I don't think there's any attitude problems amongst the players. I, I think they're, they're I think they're, they're trying. That's just not good enough at the moment. 
I think in the comments as, as well, James, it's a, just a different angle. People, again, are trying to microscope into to find the issues within the team at the minute. As Willie said, the general consensus says pish. I should rename this podcast the pish, the headline, <laughs> just pish. Take away the rest of it. But, I mean, you, you look at it, right? Let's talk about Abada. Paul McFarlane comes in. For Abada to walk off the park without acknowledging the fans, it's total disrespect for the people who pay his wages. Um, apparently, like Plunge McNugget is saying AJ's out for the rest of the season. I don't know if that's confirmed because I think Rogers did say today they're waiting on a scan, but he said, and it's a fractured skull. I do hope not, but I hope, obviously, hope and pray he's okay for the, for the coming weeks. But they, you look at it as well. The Rocky gets dropped. He, he's, Rogers has obviously blamed him for the goal Mioski scored. He gets dropped straight away. Again, could his attitude be called into question? Could he be feeling down for that because he's keeping faith for the likes of Burnaby and and stuff at left back, who again have done questionable performances within the team, and also in, in, in the comments. I think it was Ian McIntosh said that a batter could be poisoning the atmosphere in the, in, in the dressing room. You just, you just don't know. It's it's wild theories to, to, to say, but you have to explore them in some kind of way. I think the thing with Abada, obviously the the issue is getting own kind of back came for him. I, I think I I think there's no doubt that it will will be affecting him, and I think that's borne out with the fact that it, he's no joining in the celebrations. Well, normally he'd be kind of well last season he was kind of front and centre with Kyogo pushing each other at the front to start the dancing at the end of the game and all that. So I I think that it will be having an effect on him. Look, whether it affects his play on the park. Who knows? As, as Willie says, he's just back from being injured, so I, I'm not going to say it is. I'm not going to say it is. Not, but I think it will. Obviously, it will be an easy and that's bored out with the fact he is just getting up the tunnels at the end of the game. And look, we've seen the stuff that the can, was it the Israel manager can recall on the Celtic support anti-Semitic and all that guff. So he'll he'll probably have pressures. Um, obviously, on him for back in Israel. So I, I, I can understand that. Um, to an extent, and I'm no celebrating, but the his performance on Wednesday was miles and miles and miles and miles after. Um, you would think he was fucking won a competition to play. He was that bad, and but well, I, I like Abada. Um, I know Abada even at his best can attended to to split opinion. Um, I I quite liked him. I thought he'd be the next one to go for twenty odd million or whatever. I don't think it will turn out that way now unless he really does get his finger out in the second half of the season but um, I, I, if it was sold in January I'm the same as Willie I would have I would have been fuming um, but in terms of the rest of the squad what you're saying with Navrotsky I, I totally agree with that to an extent well no I do agree with it because uh, Aberdeen at the weekend for me, Navrotsky's been sold a dummy. It can happen to any centre half. Miofsky's obviously a good player. You don't score that many goals and you're a bad player. But for me, the, the bulk of the blame for the goal is on Burnaby. And I know he's the only fit left back. But for me, I, I, I think I said it before the Aberdeen game. I just can't watch him anymore. And I'm no having this <laughs> chat that he was he was good on Wednesday. I'm not saying he was bad I on think Wednesday. He was. I think he was was good. What you mean to say when you say that is he wasn't as bad as you thought he was going to be. (laughs) He wasn't good. Nobody was good on Wednesday. Nobody. He was the only player. He was the only player in that whole team for me was given maximum effort up and down that line for 90 minutes. And yes, his football in the building can be called into question. But James, you have to admit, he was getting stuck in and he was putting crosses into the box. He was doing more than our wingers were. And they didn't take on a man. If getting stuck in and running about 
is what you're basing it on, then probably any of the three years would get a game for Celtic. The guy is miles after it. As I say, look, Wednesday wasn't his worst game. It was probably one of his best games. But he's still, he's just miles and miles after it. And I, I just can't... I can't. I actually feel sorry sometimes when I'm watching him. To be honest, with you because you you can see it happening before he does. When he, he seems to lose the ball but keep running forward, and it's just an accident waiting to happen. Um, as I say, maybe a bit harsh to the game out for Wednesday because it was one of his better games. But I'm no buying the Burnaby was good chat. Burnaby wasn't as bad as he normally is. Is <laughs> where I'm taking it to. <laughs> I'd agree with that. Alistair Jack, Stephen loves Burnaby. I wouldn't say, lo- I mean, I did at the start of the season, obviously making that projection to be first choice. Aye, but he, he's kind of a, I don't know, he has a place. He has a place within me. Do you know what I mean? Within me, it sounds so bad. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Don't don't be clipping that one, Willie. But um, Maestro brought up another player who I think again goes a wee bit unnoticed, a wee bit criticised, but we have to say he was good. Joe Hart, I thought in the second half, talked about a commanding performance with experience leading by example I think he, he was the epitome of that especially at second half because Celtic were just down in the dumps pulled off a, a great point blank save from overhead kick he was out closing angles he was making saves he was distributing the ball quickly trying to get the team going again get them clicking and I think it's only fair that we, we say put, put a bit of praise on him Aye absolutely mate He's um, everybody's quick enough to give him shit he <laughs> doesn't get the praise that he uh, that he deserves I think if it wasn't for him, I think we might have had zero points in these last two games, unfortunately. So um, he pulled off a couple of great saves, Aberdeen more so. But uh, I mean, the overhead kicks, it's a standard save. But he did, he, you're right, he did come out and close because Boyle was in a couple of times and should have should have burst the net. But I think um, Hart did well to come and, and close down. So I, you got to give him a bit of praise. Uh, I don't I think the... For me, it was never a disaster. Um, I, I think we probably should have got a keeper in the summer, but January it wasn't a disaster for me not to get one. He's like Joe Hart will still do a job, and um, I mean he's always had that shot stopping ability. For me, it's it's been more his distribution side of, side of things. It's and he's still a he can still be a bomb scare at times with that. There's been a few hearts in the mouth the last few games with with him passing for the back, but um, as a shot stopper, I don't think anybody can deny he's he's uh, he's a top player and. and um, I think the biggest what sort of praise I could give him is, is if it wasn't for him in the last two games, he probably would have came away with, with zero points. Yeah. Some of the a couple of these saves are as good as as good as us getting a goal. To be fair, that's quite that's quite stark. Even saying that, isn't it? We're coming away with zero points from, from the game against Aberdeen and Hibs. Do I mean James and Ian McIntosh says here hardest stepping up if only he can make other players do the same. Can he play in the wing? Hi. <laughs> Aye, Joe, Joe Hart's not been as bad as normally as as well. To be fair, um, look, I, I, I was, I was all for signing a goalie in January, but the game is due. He's been, he's been good. Uh, he's been good, probably a bit of an overstatement, but he's been decent. Um, I agree. He's made some saves in the Aberdeen game and the the Hibs game there. To be honest, my issue has never been with shortstopping, apart from free kicks. But it's like any any ball into the box, it seems to be oh, the show. But our game is due the last basically since uh, since we've come back for the winter break. He has been um he has been decent. He's been decent. 
I'll stop. See, I'll stop being a good. That, that's I, see, I, see, I see. I see the pain in your face. I see the pain in your face. Then what I really want to say is, I think he's making saves that you would expect any keeper Aye. to make. But I know if I say that, I'm going to get slaughtered. So no, yes, I, would, <laughs> I would agree with that. Barring about two saves, um, I, I think that he, I, you're expecting your keeper to make that. What I would say, you know me, Stephen. I'd, I'd sort of defend Hart most of the time, but there's yep. been a, there's been a couple of direct long balls that he should be coming. 10 yards out his box for him clearing and he's not and he's put our defence under pressure so that's one negative I would say but uh, no he's I mean aye he's pulled off a good few yeah. saves recently here's one quickly look just to take us off off topic a wee second Willie and I'll come straight back to you that's about Yuri Arsic right. again man no it's not Yuri Arsic is a king man. absolute bother he should have got the Ballon d'Or twice <laughs> I'm having none of it right? he's, I liked him as Celtic other people didn't I thought he was good in European football. But, Willie, we, we spoke about Burnaby there. I'm just going to throw a quick who would you rather at you, right? So, picture the, the scene. We're, we're playing the last game of the season, right? Title cleanser. We'll have to just win, plain and simple. But, hypothetically, it's against them. It's against Sevco, Newco, Rangers, whatever you want to call them, whatever your, your thing is with them. You had to play one left back. I'm going to throw two at you. Diego Laxalt. Or Alexander oh, Burnaby. Who are you playing? Play with, just play with ten men. Mate, no, who you had to pick a one. Hard time off Celtic supporters, man. No, James, wait, wait. Lacks I'll come to you, Sack Willie. Pick, Lacks pick one. Laxalt was uh, one, honestly. Oh, he was fucking dire, but he's not as bad as Burnaby. <laughs> uh, no, honestly, I, oh God, I don't. I just don't even bear thinking about. It. I'm going nightmares tonight. <laughs> You put you picking Laxalt? Just. <laughs> James, what about you? Laxalt be a country mile. See, when Laxalt first came into the team, Laxalt was really, really good. It just kind of regressed to the level of the rest of the team as, as that season went on, or the second half of that season went on. I felt Laxalt was like the boy at five sides who just doesn't pick a man, just puts his head down and just chases the ball everywhere. He was, he was, he was, he was like on the right wing at points. So like, what the fuck are you doing over there? I think Back and fucking play left back. Was it open goal? Was Alison at open goal the other day when I was working? I think it was open goal. And he said he's playing centre mid now. He's apparently he's doing quite well in Russia Ooh. playing centre mid. <laughs> Jesus Christ, it must be the Russian Sunday League. <laughs> you know he, got hooked, well, he got hooked at half time against Sevco, did he know? Because he was fucking atrocious. No, it was his, his pal at the other side. Look, see when anybody asked oh, the, worst, uh, the worst Celtic player, oh, I'll always say John Joe Kenny because it fucking oh, he feels as if he played about 300 games for his man. Oh, he was the most, he's the most boring football I've ever seen. It's 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 crazy. I just always remember when we played them at Park Heath and he got the ball at the halfway line under absolutely no pressure. He kicked it, he kicked it long, didn't it? For a corner, leveled it out for a <laughs> corner. The worst Mental. ever. I think Diego... See, this season's not looking too bad, now, is it? <laughs> <laughs> James, jo- get, get John's going to love you. <laughs> John's going to love you. He, he, like, you think Burnaby's my love child. Laxalt is his bona fide, his love child. I thought Laxalt... Was, see, when Laxalt first came into the team, I thought he looked really, really good. And then that season under Lennon or the second half, as I say, it just felt as if he did, you could actually watch him regressing game on game. As soon as he got his hair braided, as soon as he got his hair braided and Benadorm, that was him. Like <laughs> just it. He just started playing Fortnite. Did he not like confirm a manager appointment or, or something on his live stream? Uh, or right. something he weird like that. I, I did. I oh. 
I can't remember who the manager was that was mentally coming in, but San Fran Celtic said Laxalt should have kept those classes on during the matches. <laughs> I think that's the, the general feeling among uh, Willie and James. But Willie, a player who left in the, in the transfer window was David Turnbull. The managed to get £2 million for him. He's entering into his last six months of the contract. But he came out with an interesting interview during the week saying that he believes that other things led to his exit. I mean, what could that be? Because I think at the start of the season, he was Rodgers' man. He was playing in the midfield. I think O'Reilly even said he should he deserved more chances chances under Postacoglu. He was getting held in high regard again. He, I think he started the first league game and scored twice. And he was in and out of the team. He was still making an impact. What what do you make of them comments? I'm still trying to think, what does he mean by other things? Like, is it players? Is it just the management didn't fancy him? What do you think it could be? Um, I've no idea to be honest with you, man. I've never seen the interview, but for me, David Turnbull, I, I like Turnbull as a player. I thought he was really good technically, and like in this team, is especially see somebody just taking a pot shot at goal uh, under Ange as well. I think that was something we lacked. Uh, Turnbull's right up there in in our, in our squad anyway. Um, the problem for me was that, and and this is something like there's obviously <laughs> obviously they're. Um, like being technically gifted, obviously you, you do need to work at that. But like it does come naturally to some people, and I think it did come naturally to David Turnbull. The things that you can work at, i.e., your fitness, like mm. getting in people's faces, uh, tracking back, doing anything more than a jog, doing maybe a sprint once a night in a while, that sort of stuff. When you come to a club like Celtic, put your heart and soul and, and try and be the best you can be. And for me, he never ever did that at Celtic. And I mean, I think he's a quality. You know me with the national team, I'm like mm-hmm. go to all the games and um, heading away for the Euros. For me, he should be pushing to try and get in that Scotland squad. But it does not work hard enough for me. If he uh, if he had half the commitment that Calmac had, for example, he would be he'd be a top he'd be a top player and he could maybe get in the squad uh, in the first eleven. But he just, just for me, he was just, he was just far, far too lazy a player. Um, you, you, you can't be doing that. What he's doing, unless you're Ronaldinho or or somebody or Messi, uh, just, just walking about the park until we've got the ball and 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 playing. He's that. He's again go back to the five sides. He's that. No, but five sides. It doesn't. He just, just stands twenty yards out <laughs> and just shoots every time you get him the ball. Um, just, just work harder, mate. If you worked harder, you could have, you could have. You could have definitely got on this side anyway, because um, with Hatatio, obviously Calmac and O'Reilly are kind of your two main guys. There's nobody really going to dislodge them unless they they take a massive dive in form. Um, but that that position that Bernardo's in the news is, is up for grabs. And David mm-hmm. Turnbull, if he asserted himself and put the work and the effort in, he, for me, he could have had that spot. But um, it, it's, it just wasn't good enough at the end of the day, and that's. And it's not just one manager; that's several managers um, that have done that. So, like, yeah, I, d- I don't understand what he's he's getting at with this other things. He's just, he just for me, he just didn't put the effort in that was required. Yeah, I think as well. You look at it too, like as you said, he has the the talent, the ability to hit that long shot or play a defense bit and pass. But his last performance, James, he tried to make a run into the box, and you thought Tar was moving. It was incredible high slow. He was going oh, it, it was incredible high slow he became. And like you look at it, and he said in his interview other things. And San Fran's made a joke. It was shy performances. Well, I genuinely believe I'm on the thinking of Willie here. If you're looking at a complete package of a player, someone who can do multiple jobs in midfield, like we're, we 
I mean, Bernardo can close down, can attack. I mean, Turnbull can do the attacking side of things, but the closing down, he's non-existent. He's like a luxury player. And he probably does make a bit of noise because he's probably upset he had to leave Celtic. And I think that someone said in the comments he got offered a new deal on less money. He, for me, he's done nothing to deserve an improved contract and better wages and things like that. He was just a squad player, in my opinion. But I, I do, in a sense, if he applied himself in training, if, if he put in the work, put in the graft of getting fitter, getting leaner, getting sharper, then he could have been a, a choice for the start in that midfield over Bernardo. We've seen um, Rogers chopping and changing. Thiago Home come in. Um, Turnbull come in. Bernardo, he's finally kind of settled on him a bit at, at the minute anyway, even though his performances have dropped off. But he has no other choice in, in reality. And Turnbull has eventually left the club and we recruited a, a transfer fee for him. And it, it just sometimes ends that way. I... Look, I, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I, I quite like Turnbull. Um, don't get me wrong, he did kind of go on my wick towards the end. See the whole scoring and putting his fingers in his ears things and all that. I can't go any of that stuff. <laughs> but the, yeah, I, I quite liked him. Um, as you say, like hitting digs for 20, 25, 30 yards, whatever it would be. I think that's something that we, we need in the team. Obviously, you don't need to turn into Ryan Christie under Lennon and do anything you get within fucking 25 yards of the goal. But like the, he was good at it. He scored, I don't think he scored Imagine. a bad goal. Um, but uh, I, I, I liked him. But in fairness, after the game against Hamilton, uh, Hamilton, fuck, I've got his really uh, Ross County, uh, the game against Ross County, I'm surprised that team was willing to take a chance on him after watching that. That was. And that was that was painful to watch, man. But nah, uh, overall, well, I quite liked him. I'd say overall, he's been a good signing. To be fair, right. um, decent think, impact, but never really took that opportunity to be the starter think, and be the main guy. I think what's right. happened over under the last two managers is what he's perfect for. The last twenty minutes, half hour of a game, go on, try and get us a goal because you've not got the you've not got the sort of engine to do the whole game anyway. And even even if you did, you'd just walk about the park. But for somebody to get in and nick you a goal. He was he was dynamite for that, but I mean, see, Palm Palm is the same for me. He reminds me of Turnbull. Just slows down the play every time he gets yep. the ball. Like we could be on a counter attack, and we're like four on three, and Palmer stops and cuts inside and just lets two or three come back. And you're like, that's what Turnbull used to do: stop and kind of slow the play down because he needs fucking five minutes on the ball. Um, so that frustrated the life out of me. But I, for me, I I agree with James. He was a good signing. I mean, the COVID season, he was the him and Sorrow were the two. <laughs> He, they were the two that were the only saving grace of the season. Um, without him, we might have finished third. So, um, no, he was a decent, a decent signing, and he's a, he's a more than decent player. I just think if he asserted himself more, he could be he could be a top player. Unfortunately, for us and for him, that never turned out to be the case at Celtic. I think there was um some podcast back in that that season where we said to build the the team around him the next Aye. season following. Aye. Incredible sorrow and Turnbull. But as Sam Fran comes in, it's a Friday night. We might as well do it. Willie, Cam McGregor needs disgust. What do you think about him recently? I, I've seen a lot of comments about him being kind of off the boil, non-existent in these games where we've been kind of struggling. And you're looking for that captain, that leader, that you, you know, you know, trying to get it like that brownie mode. It, it doesn't seem to be coming from him at the minute. Again, is he just one of these players that took a wee dip? And he plays about four million games a season. So it is to be expected in a way that maybe he will tail off for two or three, no? Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I mean, there is games that I have seen him sort of try and drive the, the team forward. It's not been in the last couple of games, any, uh, 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 for certain anyway. But um, 
again, I just think it's another one where it's just like the, the whole team's not playing great at the moment. So I don't think you can pick individuals to to sort of say he's poor, he's poor. The whole team's been fairly poor. Um, and I just, I, I just think, again, everybody just looks for somebody to blame and it's it's another one that you could you pull out and just say he's not playing well enough, he's not as good as he was last season. Nobody has been. Not one player this season has been as good as they were last season. Maybe Matt O'Reilly, barring the last three games, three or four games. Um, other than that, nobody's proper excelled. Um, nowhere near the levels of last season. Uh, but, I mean, he's not been he's not been horrendous. I'm not wanting him stripped to the captain saying fucking sacked and all the rest of it either. He's, I mean, <laughs> James he's, does. He's, uh, he's, he, I mean, like he's still, he's still firing in, you know, six, sevens out of tens. He's just no, he's just not as prominent as he has been. I just, I think that, um, I, I, yeah, it's not for me. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be, um, sort of, um, you know, having a go at Cal Mac. Um, I, I wouldn't be putting it on him. To be fair, the team. Uh, hasn't been great, so I think it's unfair to pin it on any one individual. I don't think you can say any one person's shocking apart from Burnaby. <laughs> what do you, I mean, Paul McCordon comes in and says, Am I on a bet to see many can- the cans I can drink when I'm enjoying myself on a Friday night with, with the lads and stuff in the podcast? I just drink and then look down and it's all finished. That's what happens. Paul, I mean, Paul, they're only 330 mils, didn't they? Let him- don't you think he's a giant? Hey, with a big fucking hey, come on. And by the way, they actually are. <laughs> well, they are pretty funny ones. They're nice, mate. They're going down in a nice wee treat, as we're also saying. I'm enjoying the sale. I'm enjoying no, the sale. <laughs> but where, where do you stand, James, on, on the whole um, Cal McGregor thing? Again, it's Sam Fran as well. It's back in to back up the argument. If I address Cal Mac on Sunday, he looks exhausted. They just think he needs a wee a break, or is it just again? The whole team's not clicking, and he's just a victim of that. I look. I've I've had many a debate about McGregor. It's no, I'm not going to. McGregor's a fantastic player, but see for me, see the role that he's asked to play in the team. It doesn't suit him, and I don't think it. I think well, sorry, I think it's only highlighted further in Europe. I think this season, Callum's Callum McGregor's best football has been played when Awat has been and the team kind of playing behind him, and it frees him up to play a wee bit further forward. I, I don't think he's got the the kind of physicality, really, um, to to play uh, to play the is the kind of deepest line midfielder. I would actually agree with that, to be fair. Um, I, I think McGregor has been after it. I mean, we know the levels that McGregor can get to, and if we said he was anywhere near it this year, then we'd be lying to ourselves. Barring the odd couple of games this season... Um, well, I'm not saying strip him of the captaincy, I'm not saying drop him, but for me, and maybe it is just me, because that's like we're saying um, with Turnbull, it's no as if it's only Brendan Rodgers that's done it, but for me, Callum McGregor can he play the deepest of a three in midfield, especially when it's the three players that we've got, because for me, apart from Iwata, pretty much every player that we've got that plays centre mid wants to do the exact same thing, and I include McGregor in that. For me, their best that has played going forward, um, that that that's why I, I've kind of asked in the group chat this week if I've, I know if everybody's fit, Hitati gets an odd, but if we said Awata was fit, then would you be going with Awata or Bernardo? And for me, if Bernardo's went back after the boy, Awata would be walking straight back into the team, taking his place in the midfield three would be Awata, McGregor, and O'Reilly, with Awata sitting deepest. Um, but I, I, I 
the I think the calls for him to be stripped of captaincy. I've seen that a few times. I, I think that's well wide in the mark. I mean, that's even, wild. That's uh, wild. I mean, if you think if we did that, I mean, you're looking at like <laughs> Joe, Joe. What Papa. is going on in our fucking fan base, by the way? <laughs> Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ! Sit Cal Mack of the captaincy. By the way, it was only six weeks ago he fucking. <laughs> He controlled the whole game against Sevco, by the way, and everybody was ranting and raving about how he's the best thing since sliced bread again. Five, six oh, weeks later, God. they fucking strip him in the body cap and say, Aye, I, that's think that's, I think that's miles. I, th- I mean, even if we did strip him, who, who are you looking at taking it? It'd be like Joe Hart or... It's, sure, it's not up for discussion. Like, that's what I mean. Miles and miles after. I'd play somebody deeper. What are we, five, six weeks ago? We're talking about him. We've just beat Sevco. Rogers is sitting in the press conference saying, with all respect to everybody, he's miles above everybody. Yeah. Fast above the whole, everybody else in that pitch. Everybody's ranting and raving about him. Now Now there's certain members of their fan base saying he's not good enough. Five weeks later. Would, you agree, would you agree with that, though? He plays his best fit by going Aye. forward. I think, we've always, I think I've always said that he's... Well, for me, I like him in the number eight. I think his best football at Celtic was under Rogers' his first time, where he was sort of a number. He was pretty much a number ten, where he was getting forward and getting the goals. I, I, I think, yeah. I think against who was it in Europe? Who did we play in Europe? And he played a lot. A started, and the first twenty minutes, we were, McGregor was absolutely running the show. Was it the Farnold game? And a lot got injured, and McGregor had to move to the six, and then all of a sudden, like it was like we were sitting back and weren't, and there was no drive forward. Uh, I totally agree, is I think you're right. Just a quick one, James. Um, Paul wants to know what you're drinking. Show it on the screen. Oh, he's already done it, Stephen. For God's sake. <laughs> he must, he must hold on a wee second. I was drinking Stella every two seconds. Show them what you're drinking, Stella. Getting slag. I'm not slag. It's Paul McFarlane. Just wants to, no, it's not Stella. Oh, what do you call it? Curse, uh, whatever. But fucked I, I fucked it. I fucked it. I fucked it. Yeah. Unlucky lad. But, Stephen Murdoch comes in, and I've kept this up um, for you, Willie. You're a big supporter of your national team, Scotland. He said, it's on Brendan. What's Calmac's performances for Scotland, uh, Scotland's upcoming games? Obviously, you've seen Calmac play with um, McTominay and Gilmore in the midfield. Can you see a, a difference in his Scottish performances than you do with Celtic? Yeah, and it's to, it's exactly what Stephen's saying there. It's because it's a different role. He's playing in that position. He doesn't need to sit because it'll be Gilmore or somebody else that sits, and he kind of gets free reign to roam, uh, play that number eight role. And he's also got three centre halves behind him because they play we play three at the back for Scotland. So he's got much more license to roam. Whereas at Celtic is a totally different position. It's that quarterback position that we always talk about, and he's I'm surprised that Scales on Wednesday night was the one with the most touches because Calmax usually the one that's picking it off the, the two centre-halves. And maybe that's the difference this year, by the way. Ange, Ange had him playing that same role, but he was the one coming taking the ball. I think I've seen this season scales and the likes are sitting 30 yards for goal, and the other ones that are getting mm. touches of the ball and playing it wide, rather than Calmax, they're always the one that's shown for it and playing it off. Um, so that might be the case. He, he's, but uh, is that is that on Brenton then? Like like um Stephen said, should he change it to suit Cal McGregor? <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, it's easy to say that. But I mean, with the midfield three, I think this season we definitely could have with Hatati being out. But when Hatati comes back, it's like that needs to be your midfield three: Cal Mac, Hatati, and 
uh, O'Reilly. So unless you're playing O'Reilly or Hatati in there, it's very, very difficult. I think out of the three, I know, and it's it's sort of a, a sort of um, round hole, uh, square pegs and round holes scenario, but it's not because we know Cal Mac has performed in that position under Ange. He was he was brilliant for us, um, and I just think out of the three he's the one that's going to perform in there, so he needs to go in there. But as of right now, at this moment in time, um, we've seen very little of Lata, but when he's came in, he's been, for me, he's been very, very good. If he, if he's fit, I would I would love to see him sitting in and Cal Mack and O'Reilly can he play in the, the, the other two more attacking roles. Um, the only thing is, like I said, and you know me, Hattati, Stephen, for me, um when he's firing, like it's difficult Brighton. to say that. It's difficult Brighton. to say that uh, to disagree with the fact that he could be the it's like the best player in the league. So you, you like, yeah, it's a difficult one. But as of right now, we we talked about. I know you're you're a big advocate of Colin now, Stephen, because he's gone out and getting all the man. No, 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 no. I know. I mean, never I mean, said I'm an advocate. I've never said I'm advocate. I've pointed out he's got man of the matches. I've just pointed I, that out. Never said for the last advocate. fucking five weeks. But, I'm a scout, man. My job title scout. If he's that sort of player, then you know, like he could, he could, he could easily be getting in the team at the moment uh, and doing that. And I mean, we've seen home in that position a wee bit recently, playing that number six role. He's kind of distributing. Can he play in there as well and maybe get Cal Mac grown forward? Um, I mean, there's options there, but I'm not seeing these guys in training every day in day out, so it's difficult. I'm only seeing. 10 15 minutes for certain players here and there, but for what I've seen of Awata, and I'm pretty sure Awata was like player of the year and in the previous yeah. league he was in, wasn't he? He's not, a, he's, he's obviously a very, very decent player. Um, Bernardo's just one of these, it's hot and cold. Um, uh, so he's, a, I mean, he's a strange one. I, I just, I, I think it's difficult, it's difficult. <laughs> It's, I think it's difficult for that midfield three because, I mean, O'Reilly and Cal Mack are definitely in there. It's just... And Brendan's obviously not made his... Well, he's obviously settled on Bernardo a bit recently. But before, you know, before New Year, it was somebody else in every week. Yeah. And I, again, the reason that the Quan... It's quite funny that you bring that up. I've seen people even comment on their St Mirren's post being like, can we recall... Quan back into the team. And it, it, again, James, it's a sign of people are just so disengaged and about what's happening around Celtic. And I found it interesting that, that the Willie talked about Thiago home as well. He we've done that experiment against Bucky Fissel, playing him in the six, and he's been nowhere near the side again. And again, but I speak about Cal McGregor. In Scotland, he plays a different role, but with a back three behind him. So I know Scotland play a three five two type formation, don't they? With like Dykes or Shea Adams and Christy off. And you've been an advocate, I would say, since we've got together as uh, the Jungle Gems, the NSL's podcast, and in our group chat of maybe trying to tweak something, go to up top and things like that. If that's the key to unlocking your best players, then surely Rogers must be thinking, if I play a back three and a midfield five and a two, it gets the best out of Calmac, it will get the best out of O'Reilly. Why not try it? Because, as we said, the football's been paced at the minute. I, I mean, I don't, I don't really disagree with that. Look, the thing we go on three at the back, I think we'll find it hard to, to defend with four defenders, never mind three to know, but I just think something has to change because we're doing the same thing and look, a, a large part of that 
is debatably down to the midfield three. No, no singling anybody out because, well, arguably Bernardo still to prove it, but in terms of like McGregor and O'Reilly, they are quality players. We know they're quality players, but are they just too similar to play together? And it feels as if it's a problem that we've always got. But do, we do, never... you, do you think do you think O'Reilly would, and it's in the comments again, so forgive me, I forget who said it, do you think he'd be better in, in the six, the six we call it, than McGregor pushed, pushed into his position? I, I don't know, because I think, I think that's pretty much just like for like. I think it would be the same issue. Um, I, I think to, even Hitati coming back doesn't really solve it, because Hitati's, again, a quality player, but his best fit has gone forward. In terms of out-and-out kind of hodding midfielders, um, we've only really got Awata and, and Kwon. Um, and, I mean, that... Quan's performance against Athletic Bilbao was fucking Barcast levels against West Ham. That would take a lot of forgetting. He's doing well at the minute, James. He's doing well. 100% look, and I've advocated for us to get players out and loan in Scotland as well, because it's worked well for us in the past. So I'm no right in Quan Alpha. I hope Quan comes back in and fucking gets his Bayern Munich move, as he spoke about in his press conference. (laughs) The Bundesliga. (laughs) But look, I I, I think that in the summer, and I think, I know we were talking about Ange and um, you were saying that he played the, uh, uh, sorry, McGregor played that role well under Ange, and he did, 100% he did, but I, I think in Europe it was a deficiency, and I think it's been a deficiency again this year, and to be honest, I think it was maybe something that uh, Ange had even noticed as well, because I, I can't even remember, was it the Leipzig game or something, mine beside Abogard, and he started, did he start one of the games in Europe? Oh, or yeah. Bench or something? Yeah. Um, and, like, I've fucking going to get it tattooed on me at this point, but a Wanyama type midfielder. It's we've been missing a Wanyama type midfielder since Wanyama left. It's n- he's never been replaced, and we're going back what 10, 15 years now. Um, that that for me would be a, a key position to address in the summer amongst a few others, but we'll we'll not go into that side now. <laughs> um, but I, I I feel if you put a an out and out fucking tackle your granny holding midfielder in there then it frees up your wingers, it frees up your <laughs> midfielders to just, you go forward, we've got centre-halves and the big guy in the middle that will deal with it, um, and you don't need to worry about it, but as it stands and out, and just to, if somebody can explain it to me, I know, um, like you said there, um, Odenholm plays against Bucky, it's Bucky Thistle, fair dues, but it was probably his best game he played for us, but then the next game, Turnbull is back ahead of him in the petting order getting off the bench and then the week later Turnbull's out the door to Cardiff so the, the home thing's a weird thing because there's some games he comes on and he, he does alright and he looks well and then he's, tidy. Games, he's, just, he's a tidy player aye but there's games that just kind of pass him by as well but I, I don't I can't suss I can't suss him out I don't know if the manager rates him I don't know if he doesn't rate him because he he seems to go on for 10 minutes like three games in a row and then you'll no see him for the next couple of months and then he'll start that game so I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him start at the weekend out of the blue because we haven't seen him for a wee while. <laughs> Just boop, in you go. You're yeah, in from the start. That's what it's like, though. What, one of the most concerning things for me, well, he does the bounce off uh, James and about that physical midfielder. I watched in Batodri, Graham Shinney, Connor Barron, I think it was, and uh, I can't remember the firm, Leighton Clarkson, I think it was, totally, totally outwork our midfield. And the battle in that second half, I thought our midfield totally backed off it. They didn't get stuck in like Aberdeen were. Against Hibs, it was the same concept. Joe Newell, 
And I think it was Morel Welsh who, who came in fresh as first start for the club. And Dylan Levitt, again, in the second half, they upped the midfield battle and we did not cope. And look, I'm not doubting the quality of player that we have. I mean, on our day, well, you know yourself, we rip any team apart when we click and we're free and we're, we're scoring goals for fun. Is it, like James said, a tattoo, the physical midfielder? Or is it, again, is it a different time now where we don't need that to function? If, but the worry for me is, I look at Hibs, I look at Aberdeen, and they've outfought us in two consecutive games. That that for me is a concern. Um, yeah, I understand what you're saying, but I don't think that's necessarily the... Um, I mean, they're in midfield. Like they, they players are not. It's not as if they're not good enough to outplay or outmuscle these guys. Or really, and that should be, and and they just haven't. Um, with regards to the whole, um, I'm laughing at you because it's just SPFL. What? It's because you named every player that plays for fucking every other team going again, and I just like I love it. <laughs> I'm not saying I want. I'm not saying I want the players. I'm saying. It's no, I know you're not. It's like it's funny how you yeah. named every player. Yeah. You had this sign in the fucking Aberdeen goalie last week. He was good during the week, wasn't he? Oh, uh, no. Fuck. Hey, <laughs> let's not fear off what he asked, Billy, right? Anyway, He's here to get torn in, doesn't he? That's why I sent you that clip of him with that St. Johnson volley the other week as well. Jesus Christ, horrendous. Anyway, uh, what are we talking about? Aye, uh, tackle your granny midfielder, as James called it. Just got a big granny hacker in my head, just going about slight tackling. But, um... I think, I, I mean, Ross always talked about it as well under Ange. Ange said he said that he, like, that's not that's not the way he plays and we don't need one of them. I think in Europe we do. I think we've missed it since Bruni's left. I think we do need somebody to protect the, the sort of back four or back two when we're going forward, um, if you like. Um, just, a, I, just a bastard midfield, really. Domestically... I think we've got, we should be, like, we, sh- we shouldn't need, everybody talks about us playing 4 4 2. We're not going to be sitting with a, like, you, you, you know, a sort of midfielder that sits here and kicks boys if you want to play like a 4 4 2 or whatnot. We've got enough of the ball and domestically that we shouldn't really, for me personally, I don't think we uh, need that. I think actually Cal Max should be perfect in that position for that uh, reason. But uh, I, I, I totally understand it. That wee bit of protection, uh, I like a water. And I want us done well. Europe, I, I want to have a run. Europe, done well for Europe. For Europe, especially, I do. I do think we could be doing with a bit of a bastard in the midfield, so to speak. Yeah, I, I want I think he got a run before he got injured. It was two or three games he played, and he looked okay. He, he looked like he. I think it was a game could and a half. Fucking injured again. Aye, but he, he looked <laughs> good within that time. No, no, absolutely, but it's the story of the season. Somebody comes back in, and then they're fucking injured three weeks later, and we're we're stuck with. Burnaby at left back. That's so fucking negative. How does that affect the midfield? Leave him alone. Leave him alone. He, he, he just likes fuck man. Is that haircut as well? He's got a fucking face, man. <laughs> fucking looks like Scott Hunter, Mad Max fucking <laughs> Thunderbomb. Ho- Hoffa haircut. <laughs> Apparently, as well, the, the, the centre back we loaned the Fleetwood, Boson Lawell, Charlie Adam, now manages Fleetwood, and apparently he's turned him into a whole midfielder and he's doing fantastically in League One Lingman. So you don't know, maybe in the future, in the future he could be that big brute who just gets stuck in. But just quickly, Willie, I, I mentioned again the Hibs and the, the Aberdeen. 
out muscle us and out fight us in midfield. That has to be a, a big issue there. I, I mean, they can't overdress that. No, absolutely. I mean, that, I mean, I think Roger's whole philosophy is on about elite, the, the midfield and taking control and having possession and 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 working it for there. And um, yeah, it's just not. But I mean, if we just go back to it all like we've been talking about all night. It's not. It's not been good enough recently. Uh, mm. You can't tell me that that midfield, like you were talking about, signing a, you know, a, a hard man or whatever. <laughs> All the players you named um, now, our midfield three are far better and could outmuscle the guys. Aye. It's just that the, it's, it's it's not turned out that way the last two games. It needs to be better. We just need to be. It needs to be. It needs to be better. Do you know think yeah. part of it, I know obviously physicality will play into as well, but do you know think a lot of it's down to mentality? I mean, look, the Hibs game there, the first half, even the Aberdeen game, we bossed it first half. We maybe didn't get as many chances in the Hibs game, but we had all the ball in the first half. <laughs> we had all the ball in the first half. And then um, it's, it's as soon as there's a wee bit of I know, like pressure applied. Pressure, yeah. Aye, it's like our asses seem to collapse now, and it was never ever like that. And I don't even just mean like last season, but even going back, I, I don't ever really remember as being like that. You used to always be confident, like if a team equalised, we, we would maybe score late on. But even a team equalises, it's you're like, fuck right, maybe we'll, we'll be good for a draw. Do you know what I mean? Like when you see the chances we're conceding, like, the, the two that stick out for me is the two Kilmarnock games um, at Rugby Park. That's the two that stick out in my head. Obviously, you've mentioned another couple there, which is I totally agree with as well. But uh, physicality, don't get me wrong. If, if somebody's kicking you up and doing the park, like Kyogo, even O'Reilly, I don't think that's their game. But it doesn't need to be their game. It's no their qualities. Obviously, they've got qualities in other areas. But I feel as if it, it, like the switch off is, is far too much. So I think, for me anyway, I think part of it is down to the mentality. A blue card for Sandran. <laughs> Speaking of Willie uh, VAR, VAR. Apparently, it's going to be we're going to be the guinea pigs in Scotland for this blue card coming in. I thought it was quite funny today. Look, refreshing to hear Rogers basically saying he doesn't want it and have to get a green card. And it was quite funny, obviously. A wee bit of word playing that from him. But the kind of bring us on to a different aspect of a conversation. The football landscape has changed. VARs come in. VAR did save us against Hibs at Easter Road for the penalty kick. Uh, for Adam Eater to score for the second one. Look, at the end of the day, we have our issues with VAR. That's fair enough. But apparently they're bringing in a blue card for a cynical foul play where you can get a 10-minute sin bin, like the rugby. For my opinion, I think it's an absolute joke that this should even be considered. I think VAR has ruined the human aspect of football anyway. And any more additions that we get to that system is going to make it computerized, robotic, and then eventually, in my opinion, we're talking about boring pitch football. It'll get boring and stale. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. Absolute nonsense. Uh, the changes that have been made, barring, I think we had a kind of chat in a, in a group chat about it, and Gavin said, other than you know the fastback rule and uh, like the goal line technology, everything else has just been an absolute disaster. I think since the news has been broken, every single pundit that I've seen on TV, every ex-player has said that it's the most ridiculous idea gone, and I couldn't agree more. There was nothing wrong with the beautiful game all those years ago. Stop stop fucking about with football, because you're ruining it. Yeah, and I think Danny Knight, uh, four comes in, VR is the worst thing about football. 
Plunge McNugget, VAR shouldn't need <laughs> saved us the other night. The penalty was a stone wall there, but what I mean, it would have been missed if VAR wasn't there. <laughs> so you have to kind of, yeah, yeah, 100%. But this blue card thing, James, I think it's a total for me, it should be a non starter. I think referees up in Scotland, as we're led to believe, are going to be the experiment for this. They'll have a field day throwing out these blue, these blue cards, and it's shambolic. Like Willie said, leave the fucking game alone. No, I think it's quite a good idea. Um, just purely because <laughs> I've disagreed with everything else on night, so I may as well keep the streak going. <laughs> nah, well, I, I think FIFA, I think it was FIFA um, who'd come out and said that it, it was rubbish, basically, in the way that it had been reported. I think it was just a topic for discussion at the AGM. I don't think it is actually It looks confirmed, out. James, from what I can see. It looks like it's definitely happening. All right, I thought FIFA had put out a tweet saying that it had been picked up incorrectly. It was just like a bullet point for their next AGM or something. Maybe <laughs> maybe I'm wrong, but yeah, it's, it's fucking it's ridiculous. If, if they want to copy rugby with anything and they're so hell-bent in keeping VAR in FIFA, make the VAR like rugby. Make us in the stadium on the telly. I love, uh, I love allowed to hear the conversation. Aye, absolutely. And see all that stuff about it, like... About the like uh, descent and all that to referees, just fucking be harsher. Just if somebody comes up and swears at you, fucking book them. See the respect for referees and rugby because of that. They'll just the rugby referees will just be like, fuck off. I'm mm. going to do you the now. Just do I, it. And the fact them, them off. You can hear the referee. No, even I know obviously I'm saying when they go and talk to the VR, but you can hear referees and rugby on the game anyway. So I, I, I honestly I do not see well tinfoil hat time, but I don't see any reason why they can't do that in football. What would the difference be? For could you imagine? Could you imagine the scene, right? You're sitting watching the Celtic game and this is, it's uh, Nick Wilson refereeing and, and Dallas is on the, the VAR and it, it cuts to the audio and it's like, it's like, Andrew, Andrew, can you hear me? And he's shouting back on, he's shouting back on, I can't get the connection in this Ranger Supporters Club. Hold on, I need to go out the back. I need to... <laughs> it just wouldn't Andrew, work. <laughs> Andrew, what are we hanging out of pen? And he's just sitting humming the belly boys. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I think, honestly, let's see even if, if they did go down that road, road of saying like, um, like descent and all that. See, see if they made that clear and you're sitting... I don't know how it works at rugby. I've not been to a rugby game. I don't know if you hear it in the stadium or if it's just, imagine it's just on the telly. But see even if it is that, see if everybody's clear and that any dissent is a booting or a red care, whatever they would do. See if you're sitting watching that and somebody goes up to the referee and goes, you're a dick, whatever, and it gets booked. Fair dues, it's the rules. There's no complaints, but see yep. when you don't have that, you're All like, right. well, it raises question marks and, for me, it would just instantly make VR so, so much better. I, personally, I'd get rid of it altogether, but if we're going to keep it, then I, I'd introduce that. I just wouldn't work in Scotland. I think as well, was there an article, remember the whole release the audio crap? And I think the, the referees came to an agreement. They have to pay the referees now to release the audio. Mad. It's like, generally, what's going on? And if we're going to be used as, as guinea pigs for something like that, it's going to be horrendous, Willie. But look, another age-old debate, like you said in your clip, um, about what's coming up in the podcast, Simon Jordan, I think it was Graham Sooners, we're talking again about Celtic potentially, and also our neighbours across the water, joining the EPL. And Graham Sooners is obsessed with the idea of sharing a stadium of 100,000 seater. I wouldn't want that at all, like n- not a hope. But... 
the football landscape's changing. I think the European Super League, I think Barcelona's president is is quite clear that it's going to happen in some aspect of things. I think the Champions League next season is going to basically mirror what it's going to be like with this new league system anyway. So the, my question to you is, the football landscape's changing. I think for me, Celtic need to change with it. And if it means leave Scottish football, so be it. We've done full podcasts on this before and my opinion hasn't changed. And maybe it's because I'm a patriotic Scot. Um, obviously, I want Celtic to be the best they can be, but we're Scottish. We should be in a Scottish league for me. Um, I know it's, it's sort of a, it's, it's kind of a sort of a loyalty thing as well, but every team in the, the league doesn't want us there either. So we're kind of in limbo because England don't want us and Scotland don't fucking want us either. Um, and then all that, remember that stuff with Levine a few weeks back where he said, oh. They should both leave, but the money they make, they should be firing fucking three million a team back towards everything in Scottish football. So, I neighbor, they're your bagger. Um, <laughs> no, I we're, we're a Scottish club. We should be in the Scottish League, and and that's it for me. I, like I say, I want us to be the best we can be, but um, I I hate the English Premier League and everything it stands for. They've ruined football. Um, hmm. I totally Sky, agree, by the way. Them and Sky TV have absolutely ruined world football so I wouldn't want any part of that personally I can see the benefits I know everybody like we could end up being down there and in 10 years we could have the best players in the, in the world playing at our club and all the rest of it but for me it's a no personally yeah look I get that and you know you know my views on it as well English football I don't watch it don't pay attention to it but I think as well James the landscape anyway whether Celtic like it or not or supporters is going to change We've, we've already seen Belgium and Holland. They're talking about merging their leagues, and I think it's going to happen. And the, the European Super League, again, as I reiterate, the Barcelona president is, is certain that's going to happen. Clubs in the league have agreed to it. Clubs around Europe have agreed to it. And it's a money-making machine. Let's be honest. The best product, best entertainment value, if you merge a league, that's what's going to happen. And uh, Alistair Jack here, need to move for the times. Uh, Plums McNugget says, leave Scottish football and go where? Stephen Murdoch, Willie, he, he, he agrees with you. <laughs> uh, uh, Sam Tax here, don't watch English football, overrated pish. I totally agree. And then fuck English football. I think we can agree on the sentiment, but I think we'll have to agree on the fact that football in 10 years won't be like it is now. Mate, football 10 years ago wasn't like it is now, and Selic hasn't moved with the times. Um, I mean, we're still paying, and this is going to turn into a board bashing session, I really don't mean it, but we're still paying the same transfer fees. Um, is any other club doing that? I know. But what, my, what, my, what my thought between this is, if we, for example, get an invitation to the Super League, Sign get an up. invitation for, Sign you, up you'd for be it. in? All day long, aye. Um, look, I'm the least patriotic person you'll meet. I genuinely, <laughs> honestly, I genuinely don't care. Um the, the whole no playing in Scotland thing doesn't bother me. I agree with what you're saying about the, the Premier League in England. I hate it as well. I don't think, personally, I, I don't think that would ever happen. I don't think the English would have us. Um, I think they are a close shop. It's England, fair play. Um, but see, like the Super League, I, I would be, oh, that, that rash. I, I, the, the Champions League is essentially a close shop now. I mean, I know we've got in it Next the season, years. even I, more so. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, like, what is it previously? You've got something stupid, like fucking 100 teams playing for like six places or something like that. Um, and you've got teams in England guaranteed it's going to be five places moving forward. So 
Well, I've made the analogy before and I really don't mean to turn this into a board bashing session and I'm going to try and steer away from it, but it's hard no yeah, I've made the analogy before. Every time we get to a point and it feels as if we're going to try and bust through the glass ceiling that we've got to play in Scotland, it's like the board are getting the double glazers in so we can't do it. And if if we moved be it Super League, as I said, I think the England stuff's pie in the sky. But if you're in the Super League, obviously the, the money's massive, the well, depending on who goes into it, the prestige could be there. Um and you're still playing in Scotland. But something like the Super League, I I would be absolutely uh And is that a matter just to the both of these actually, is that a matter of just because you know T V money, more money at the club, attracting mm-hmm. the best players the best managers, all the rest of that stuff. Is that is is that just the reason behind wanting to move to something like that? Well, my my honest my honest assessment of it is Willie. Look, at the end of the day, right? Celtic have seventy two million pound in the bank and aren't willing to push the boat out, right? The way I'm looking at, at this is, we join a super league that increases tenfold. We'll have multiple millions of pounds, hundreds of millions of pounds in the bank. <laughs> then hopefully, <laughs> I get that. But hopefully, within my head, I'm thinking if we if we can do that and join the Super League, increase the the talented player we're recruiting, it's a win win. And like, like you said, Willie, you can have the best players in the world playing for Celtic at one stage. And I'm patriotic. I'm patriotic towards my country, Ireland. We all know that what's going on here recently. Sinn Fein, first minister, is historic and things like that. In in, in Scotland. For example, Celtic, I want them to stay in the Scottish League, but it's halting our progress as a club. It's halting the opportunities that we can do. We, we talk about spending the money. It'd be more realistic if we're in a Super League or the EPL. They'd be like £40 million in one player. Bing, bang, bong, done. Bring him in, see what, see how he does. So, I, look, I, Willie, I watch sports scene over match of the day, and that's the truth, right? That's 100% bad. the truth. Oh, like, you know. And I enjoy, you need the whole Aberdeen I, fucking side earlier. And I, and I enjoy it. I sit with a cup of tea and I enjoy it, even if it's Neil McCann. Nope, Stephen great. Thompson, in, in my opinion, is the worst presenter out there. He's so, uh, he, he annoys me. But I get what you're saying, but can you not see the other argument to it? That it's no, stifling Celtic as a club? Like, Would you I not want Celtic to move forward as a club and, and reach a potential that we can't reach in Scotland? Yeah, I do, but I just, I just sort of feel selling out is not the right term, but you know what I'm getting at? I just, I, I've just, I am patriotic and I, I've got a loyalty to my country and I feel like that's where we're from and that's what we should. But that's why I was wanting to ask you about the whole, if it's t- to be based just be, just purely on, you know, the money and the TV deals and that. Mine is. So, I'll so, be so, honest. Mine is. So, so Celtic stayed in the in the Scottish League and Saudi backed and sort of took them over and we could attract that sort of players. Would you be happy with that or does it need to be playing against the best well, teams, Super Leagues and... If, I, if I'm looking at a Saudi uh, consortium put money into us, look, at the end of the day, if it increases our transfers and increases the fees that we pay and, and the quality of player that we can attract, then I'm all for it. But the reason, in my opinion, that won't work in, in Scottish football is the FFP. We can't spend more than we're bringing in. So if we had a Saudi billionaire back us, it's, it looks great on paper. But if we're not bringing in a hundred million pounds, we can't spend a hundred million pounds in that yeah, aspect of things. Time, but through time, that would that would happen. It's like what Newcastle, Newcastle I mean, are in the, the infancy yeah. of that at the moment. But see, in ten years, Newcastle will be spending oh millions. million, Oof, they, can't, they can't do it right now, but in in time, they will be able to. Future plan, yeah, future proof yeah. in that club. Essentially, if you ha- if you had the opportunity, would you not want Desmond and, and Peter in the club? 
like if it's a Saudi investor and look at the past the background checks and another thing as well that I don't get think I spoke about enough Bill Foley the Bournemouth owner has bought a 25% stake at Hibs I'm all for that he's going to pump money into Hibs he's going to give them a good transfer budget that's fine it improves the league overall so my question is to you then if a Saudi backed billionaire if an um, English backed billionaire an Irish well Dermot Desmond poor example but come into the club and was like, right, Peter, right, Desmond, time to go. Would you, would you not be for it either? Or? Yeah, yeah, I'd be all for that. I just, for me, I'd, I wouldn't want to leave our roots in the Scottish League. And I, I'm all about history and all the rest of it as well. So, like, going away, like, we're talking now about the, the like, if we won the, the, what's that fucking nonsense below the Europa League? The Conference, conference, conference League. Conference. See if we won that. Like, obviously, we'd be, we'd be happy about it, but, like, there's no history behind it. There's no none of that. And for me, I, I'm just that's what I'm passionate about. And the Scottish League is number one for me. And I, I just for I, I'm all for like consortiums coming in and we can spend millions and all the rest of it. I wish this board would spend millions. Of course I do. Everybody thinks I'm a board shagger, like I said earlier. No, 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 no. I no, no. fuck about that. I would love for us no, to spend no, no. money, but I understand why. The like difference of opinion. We're all out. I understand why it's difficult. For us to do that and attract, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all for like, yeah, of course, I would love for us to spend millions and millions and bring on the best players possible. See, I know you're saying you you don't want to leave Scotland and things like that, but as I say, I, I don't think the the moving to England thing will ever happen either. Nah. But see, like, the the Super League, obviously, that's no replacing. You're still playing in Scotland. Would you would you be open to it? The idea of that. So how does that work? Is that like a pretty much a Champions League? We play Scottish League, and that's alongside it, or is I, that? Well, I, when it first get floated, um, basically a lot of the FAs came out and said that any teams that played in the Super League would not be allowed to compete domestically. But then I think that's went to court, and it was deemed to be like illegal or something. But yeah, I mean that's that. just it's basically a glorified Champions League, isn't it? So. Yeah, I'd, like, I'd be up for us doing that if it attracts more money and all the rest of it as well. I just wouldn't want us to leave. Even like a, I know there's been talk about like a British, British well, married mate, so it's not <laughs> happening. Um, <laughs> the one bird, the one bird. Yeah, twice a year, birthday and Christmas. Um, <laughs> Valentine's Day's coming up. Even, <laughs> even um, you know, there's been that sort of floated uh, sort of British Cup We've got the league cups and sort of doing like a British. Where it's That's like a good idea. The Scottish teams and Irish teams and the Welsh teams. I'd be all for something like that as well. I just wouldn't want us completely leaving the Scottish league. Just personally, it's just a. Right, Paul McFarland's asked this question a few times. I was going to keep it for the double pivot, but we'll fire into it tonight. How many, how many how many puns has it got in it? I don't know he's good at puns, but it's not a, it's not a pun one. Don't worry about that. But he is good at that. Makes me laugh, but. We're having a good time, we're drinking, we're having a bit of a laugh here. So, Willie, put this to you. Would you give away the name of rights to Celtic Park if it meant all the money going into the transfer fund? No. Why? It's just fucking Tony Macaroni arena and all that. <laughs> well, he's skint. He complains about that all the time. I Obviously, didn't work just... out for Livingston. No, again, again, for me, what this club's built upon and my personal experiences and growing up and the love I've got for this club and like all my memories, my dad taking me and all the rest of it to Celtic Park, Paradise, 
if you called that fucking Pizza Hut Express Arena or something like that, I would fucking be absolutely I'd be embarrassed, first of all. But um, we would never we would never call it that. We would never refer to it as Tesco Arena or you know what I mean? It would always be yeah. Celtic Park does I think I think the general I, question he's matter. asking. If if no, just a no yeah. from you? No for me, not what about you, James? <laughs> um, key guest. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, if if all the money was guaranteed, and it, look, if all the money was guaranteed to go to a transfer budget, and it wasn't like fucking a million pound or five hundred grand or whatever, <coughs> then I, as you say, it would still be Celtic Park. I mean, you're saying Shut about the, <laughs> <laughs> you're saying about um. The, the Tony Macaroni. I mean, does any of that actually? I mean, we call it the spaghetti hat as a laugh, mm. but I still call it Almondville. Almondville I've always yeah. called that Almondville. So, I mean, don't get me wrong, if it's some fucking stupid, then I, I get you'd have a laugh with it, but we'll still call it Celtic Park. Do you know what I mean? I mean, and if I, I don't say Celtic Park, I say Parkhead anyway, so I don't even call it what it's called now anyway. Yeah. And Pat comes in here. Ask you, ask you guys, does Irish always spout tall tales as yet seems they do? Look, I have no <laughs> idea what you mean, but I'm, tell, I'm telling you for me personally, I don't spout tales, so I don't, I don't know where that's coming from, to be fair, but if you could explain it, that that would be great. Uh, so you from... inspired all the words in and then use a thesaurus to change each word. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, Paul McFarland again, do you, Willie? So the Saudis bring in multi-million pounds guaranteed for transfers, and you wouldn't accept it. I don't think you uh, said that, did you? I don't think you. I don't think you did say that. No, I said I would be all. I'd be all for a consortium coming in if that was the case. Doesn't it bother me? I don't give a fuck who's in charge, as long as they're doing the right thing. Well, El San Fran nailed it, and he done off. We'll just get sponsored with jackets. No, no specific brand, just jackets, and it'll be called Parkers sorted. Ah, oh, there we go. Or, or. Boo hoo stadium. Do you get it? No? I, I thought that was quite good. No, that was terrible. But look, we're playing a game, Willie, against St. Oh, Mirren, which will. Ah, 100%. Which I think Stephen Robinson has them well drilled and they're, they're a good outfit. They're obviously in different form, win a couple of games, lose a couple of games up and down, yo yo club in terms of the top six. But one question I want to ask you would you start. Alameda again, would you give him the second consecutive start in a row over Kyogo? Um, I would play both. Yes, we agree. <laughs> Change of formation I, then? No, I still think he's well when he's been playing him, he still kind of plays Kyogo in that 10 whenever they put the two of them on. I would Bernardo's not been doing it the last few games. I would I'd play them both. What about yourself, James? Aye, 100%. I'd go with Bathroom. As I say, something needs to change for me. Um, I, I, whether it be, I don't know if Awata is fit. If Awata comes back in, I think that could make a difference. As I say, free up the other two. But if no, then I'd like to see a change in shape, to be honest. Be it 3-5-2, 4-4-2, whatever. But even if he stays, if he's, and I think he will stay 4-3-3. But if he does, I need a performance. See if we play well and we run 1-0. I'll be on here next week saying, right, brilliant, we've got the performance, let's kick on now. But if we see Mary the same, then serious questions for me at least need to be asked. I still think he can play that same. I think whenever he has been playing, because he did it with O a few times as well, when he's put the two of them on, he is 
he is sort of Kyogre's not playing. I don't think it is a four-four-two necessarily. Kyogre's kind of picking up that spot in the hole. And to be fair, obviously his biggest uh, weapon is um, getting beyond the backline, and and uh, but he's he's not been able to do that this season. If you're going to play somebody in the ten that sort of does press and runs and he's got an engine all day and tracks down and tries to win ball back and possession and all the rest of it. Kyogo's your man. I would, I mean, I didn't want to say too much earlier when you're talking about playing Iwata, but I would play O'Reilly and Kalmak in midfield and then just sort of give Kyogo that free Kyogo roll in the 10 or getting up but, front. Aye. But that doesn't make sense. James, especially for you, that doesn't make any sense. You spoke about having the physical midfield. If, if we're if we're going to play um, Kalmak and O'Reilly and Kyogo, that's non-existent. If 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 you're on a bit of physicality midfield, then that for me is not what we've been talking about. Then, but if a water isn't fit, then we don't have a physical midfield on the squad at all. It doesn't matter but if you, you play. If if a water's fit, I'd like to see a water start. But for me, the, the the main thing would be just just something different. I mean, look, by and large, this season. And look, the four three three can work. It it's worked on occasion. Obviously, we've seen it twice against Rangers. The Aberdeen game was probably the best we've played this season over the course of ninety minutes. So it can work. And I, I, look, winning ugly is is Paul McFarlane saying in the comments. A million percent, of course. I would rather play absolutely shite and scrape a one 0 and come on here next week and start moaning than play utterly shite and uh, lose one nothing and come on here next week and still be moaning, but I'd be moaning still in the hunt for a double. But for me, we've seen that... We, I say Celtic's played made more below-par performances this season. Performances, no results James, this season. James, than good. just quickly, you're saying something different, right? You can't tell me, right, we're talking about tracking back for the wingers, right? Kyogo's not doing that. So effectively, if you I play heard. him in the 10... Kyogo would try no, he's not. No, he's not. Not, not he to the effect that we're not. He was doing it up front for Ange. But not, the, not over a 90-minute game. Not, right, not, yeah. not over... Not in the midfield, Well, He's two different positions. And uh, Bernardo, again, if we're talking about the physical aspect of the game, James, he offers more than Kyogo does physicality. We can't say he doesn't. Kyogo will make himself busy. 100% he'll make himself busy. But we're talking about getting the best out of Kyogo, but you're talking about playing in the 10. I don't understand that. I don't get that. One bit. But what you're saying, the Bernardo thing, we've seen it. Look, I'm not saying for the 26th of December to the 26th of January, Bernardo was arguably the best player in the team. Now, remember, we've had a winter break in there, so it's really only, what, three, four games at the most that he's actually been really well. And that's not me saying Bernardo was bad before it. I don't think Bernardo was bad. I just think he was largely anonymous. And... If I'm being honest, in the last couple of weeks, that's what he's went back to. But the full team have went after the boil. So, as I say, look, it kind of just goes back to what I was saying earlier. We've been in this position before where we've said, right, we've bet Rangers, we've bet Feyenoord, whoever it's been, let's kick on. This kickstarts our season. It is the 9th of February, and we're sitting saying we're going to kickstart our season. At what point does that just become... Are we ever actually going to kickstart our season? And I get that we're tapping the league. I understand we're tapping the league. If we're being honest, the reason that we're tapping the league is because they had a PE teacher in charge at the start of the year. That seems to get forgotten. Since they've actually appointed a manager, they, they are streets ahead of us in terms of league table. 
I'm not saying their streets ahead is in performance, not at all what we're saying. Their streets ahead is in terms of the league table, and that's counting in the fact that we've bet them. And look, this isn't me waving a white flag and saying the league's finished, Rangers are fucking brilliant. I thought I watched that game on Wednesday night and I thought it was two teams flinging shite at each other for 90 minutes. Uh, Tuesday night, sorry. And it was two teams flinging shite at each other for 90 minutes. But we, we have to, at some point, just acknowledge that whatever style a fucking Fitbit is that Roger's trying to play, by and large, if it's down to the no having the players, again, that begs questions of the recruitment, which is shite. But we can't just keep doing the same thing. We, we cannot... I mean, look, Palma gets slaughtered. I, I Personally, I think Palma's our best winger. I don't think he holds a candle to Jota. I don't think he's a particularly good player, if I'm being totally honest. But I think he's our best winger. And see this notion that oh, Palma always cuts inside. He, he, he never gets to the byline. None of our well, wingers get to the byline. But nobody gets yeah. to the byline. So I think it's harsh as fuck to single out any individual winger. I mean, Maida doesn't get to the byline. Nobody gets to the byline. And at a point for me, you've got to stop putting on the players because, oh, fuck, he's cut inside again and he's passed that across. He's then what changes? My but, argument, what changes put Kugel on the 10 then? Nothing it, changes, man. That's back to things. 100% agree with you, but it's just, it's something different. It would show that he's acknowledging that the Fitbit is pish. <laughs> the Fitbit yeah. is terrible. So <laughs> why not try something different? Look, we've been screaming for weeks to play a 3-5-2. See if you play a 3 and I've done it myself, but see when you sit and think about it, I've slaughtered Burnaby. Burnaby is shite. Burnaby shouldn't kick another ball for Celtic. See if you played a 3-5-2. That suits Burnaby. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Well, it'd be a bit me other player on the left if it was a 3 5 2. It wouldn't be Burnaby. No, no mate, I would definitely fucking, mate, sign me up for me that or Burnaby. Sign me up for fucking Brendan Rodgers playing or Burnaby. <laughs> <laughs> sign me up for Willie. <laughs> <laughs> no, but genuinely, just anybody. It just. I just need to see something different. It, we're just doing the same thing over and over again. I mean, the Ross County game should have been the wake up call. We then went into the Aberdeen game with the same shape, playing different players. Terrible. And then we went into the Hibs game with different players in the same shape again. And again, it was terrible. What is it? The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. And it's all one saying that we're, we're, we're playing poorly, but we're grinding out results. That was... that. Aye, we played poorly and grinded out result on Wednesday. We didn't play poorly and grind out a result last Saturday. And there's been numerous games this season where we've played poorly and haven't ground out a result. So I think we've dropped points in as many games this season already as we did last year. And you consider how poor we were after the split last year. I stand to be corrected in that. But I think we've dropped points in six games this year and six games last year as well. As I say, I stand to be corrected. But obviously last year you also had the excuse of... Uh, winning the league early and it's been done pretty much for the split and things like that and we, we messed about with the team but it's just so fucking but you can't tell me you've enjoyed watching Celtic the style of play so it has to change James I get that 100% but I'm Just not banned Kyle going to 10 <laughs> not I'm not banned Kyle going to 10 would change it it'll be the same formation the same passage of plays does Kyle go in the 10 there's nothing that will change within that whole team if you drop him into the ten and put either up front by himself or either whatever up front by himself, play him up front then. 
play, play two up. Don't play. I would agree with that. hundred percent, I would be on board with that. I, that, that's what I mean. Whether he plays in the ten, whether he plays up front, whether he plays fucking centre half, just do something different. Just stop doing the same thing and expecting all of a sudden it's going to going to click. As I say, we're in February and it's clicked maybe two or three times this season, and like, by and large, we're miles off it. And oh, mate, I don't know. I'm talking myself in circles, but. You're not. Was... No, I'm only pushing back because, again, I'll reiterate. I just don't get the logic of playing Q going to ten. Where we cry about he's been uh, neglected of service. He's not scoring enough goals. He has a sort of this system. But then we're talking about taking him out of his natural position and putting him in a ten row to suit. And look again, bluntly saying it, a Norwich fair choice striker to be the first pick ahead of him as striker. It doesn't make sense. I would be more for the fact that if we played the two and changed the system. If we play the exact same system and put a player whose natural position is a striker in the 10, what's changing? That, oh, that's what I don't get. No, I, I agree with that, mate. I, I do agree. As I say, we've, we've tried it with different players and it doesn't work. So, in my thinking, look, the Hibs game, um, the first half, I don't know if it was maybe just me kind of picking up on it, but it felt as if we played more kind of like longer through balls for Adam Eder than we have all season for Kyogo. And Kyogo's the one that it makes the runs. Don't get me wrong, like they were all were hitting, they kind of went through to the goalie, but it, <coughs> it feels as if we put more crosses into Kyogo, and then we get a six foot three striker up, and we're trying to chip the ball through to him, which we should be doing for Kyogo. So, for me, the, look, the players, some of the players are questionable. As I say, I, I'm trying my best not to fucking reference January and the summer transfer windows and all that. Some of the players, at best, are questionable. But the manager's tactics, if it doesn't suit the players or he's not got the players to play it, and this is what they're serving up, then he has to change it. I mean, I know we're talking about Ange and obviously like what we were saying earlier about he didn't have a plan B and things like that. And as I said, Ange did change it up and Ange gets players in early. And as I said, I'm trying to steer away as best as I can for the, the transfer chat, but Ange gets players in early and obviously we've seen what happened when we kicked on but there is just mate it's very very hard to be positive about watching Celtic performances and I know the positive is we're tapping the league I understand that obviously that is a positive if we're being honest we're tapping the league at best on goal difference we could be sitting here a couple of weeks time having a different conversation and we've won our games at that point does does it then become a negative do you know what I mean so uh, just something has to change. We've watched the same thing time and time and time again, sideways, backwards, passing it round 11 men, boring, turgid dross. As I say, that's the last three games. We've scored four goals, two massive deflections that beats the goalkeeper and two penalties. We are miles off it now. Yeah, and I, I look. I agree with the aspect of what you're saying when rides off it and things, but I'm not coming. I'm not coming back to about this Kyogo thing, Willie. Uh, John comes in. Do other people not understand how tactics and style changes depending on what oppositions do? And if you've got nine or ten men sitting deep parking the bus, means that we're limited to what we can do. I'll counter that and say to you, John, Postacoglu never changed his style. He found a way, and well, you referenced it. Plan A, plan B was to do plan A better. So I get what you're saying, John, but last season on the Rams and the season before, we stuck to one particular style, and it worked. Where, see, where do you sit? Sorry, see the idea that's been a new thing that 
teams will come to park he'd probably outweigh Rangers and stick nine, ten men behind the ball. That isn't a new thing. That's something that Brendan Rodgers would have had in his his first spell in charge. And don't get me wrong, the football went downhill in the second and third seasons. I'm not saying it was as bad as it is now, but the football definitely went downhill. So it kind of sort of got sussed out. But the first season we were flying. So it, this nine, ten men behind the ball, it's not a new thing that teams park the bus against us. Go ahead, Willie. Jump in. What are we talking about? <laughs> so basically what I'm saying is right, John was saying about um, the style of Celtic changes depending on what you're facing. But I countered that by saying we didn't change under Postacoldo and it still worked. Me and James were having the debate about Cubo in the ten and all that type of stuff. What well, yeah, something I has think, to change. Something has I to change. They, what what do you think it is? I I actually said I would play the both of them on Sunday, which I would. I think I'm a bit fixated on this sort of number ten role for Kyogo. Whereas like when we're going forward, he's obviously not going to be playing 10. But when we're coming back the way, he can easily jump in there and press and harry players and tackle. And you talk about how the sort of said about the physicality. And uh, I actually said domestically, I don't think we need that, that physicality. And for me, um, the difference in physicality between Kyogo and Bernardo isn't a lot. If anything, I think Kyogo's actually more ten- tenacious mm-hmm. um, in the tackle and, and in his pressing. And that's why I would play the two of them. I don't think we need to be domestically. We, we, like, we shouldn't need a six that sits in front of the back two. And in the games, you see it. Scales and whoever else is playing alongside him at centre and half. A, a lot of the game, we are sitting, they're sitting... 30, 40 yards for goal, playing this passes to the side and back and forward. So um, that was what I was getting at with Kyogo. And I'm a bit like yourself, James, where it's like, just try just try something else. Right. Um, just just try, because right now what's working, the football's not been great. Um, but I think, I think all in all, the players need to be doing better. Our wing play needs to be so much better. Ross said in the group chat, that like we need to get the width just needs to be so much better. You're talking about Big Ida coming in now as well and uh, getting him the service. It just needs to be better. And um, I just think I just think playing the two of them is worth a shot. It might be might be dire. We could be sitting here next week and saying, well, that didn't work. But I like you. It's just trying trying something else. Uh, but see see what you're saying there. I agree with what you're saying. Like, I would play two up as well, but see what you're saying there like, about the wingers. Um, as I say, like Palma, Maida, Bada, like, all of them, nobody, nobody, nobody is getting to the byline. Nah. So surely that, that's coming for the dugout. That isn't the players deciding Aye. that. I mean, we've seen a Bada time and time again last year, even coming in at the back post, Maida, the same. So that that's coming for the manager for me. That that's the manager's instructions that's failing. And and he's tried it with pretty much I mean fucking Mikey Johnson and James Forrest have had games this season and it's two thousand and twenty four now. So he's tried it with literally every single player at the club and they're all doing the same thing. So for me that that's on the manager. Like if the players are getting told to come inside, um then that that's on the manager. I mean, we can play as many different wingers as we want, but if they're getting told to cut inside, they'll still cut inside. That was ideal. You fucked off there, Stephen, because I was telling you why I'd play Kyogo, and it was all aimed at you. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, no, where I'm coming from, Willie, is I would agree as a two. 
But see this fixation, and I, I, I did agree with you at one point of the 10. I, I know he won't be that when we attack. But the way I look at it is, this debate about Kyogo, and someone said in the comments, he's a lost soul. He looks like that at the minute, playing. We're not playing to any of his strengths. We're not getting the ball in early. And James made a great point. When he plays, we're lofting the ball into him. That should have been what we were doing when, when Edith started. <laughs> We've done the opposite for both strikers. Do you know what? That doesn't make sense. And that, that's why I agree something needs to change, but I don't agree with, with um, taking Kugler out of his natural position to make that change. Because if you, we talk about midfield, Willie, Bernardo, O'Reilly, Kalmak, you take Bernardo out of it, effectively, if you were playing with two midfielders. And I get Kyogo can backtrack, but people can brush him off the ball, Willie. He's not exactly. But he's more of a, he's more of a two, presence. Right? He's no more way. of a presence than Kyogo. I would actually say, oh, that, wow. actually say that is. better in the tackle, better at pressing, and he's. I, I don't think there's much difference in the two of them physicality-wise. So I don't. I, I totally disagree with that. And I don't. That's, that's I said. True. That's I said to you earlier about the physicality thing. I don't think domestically we do need like that big physical bastard midfield because we've got so much of the ball. When you're away, I was saying to James that. Every time we play uh, domestically this season, recently, Scales and whoever's playing centre-half of them is like 40 yards through the opposing goal, playing passes left, right. I don't think we need to be, so we don't need to have that extra man in midfield because our fucking centre-halves are playing 40 yards to go. No, I so, agree, for, I so agree. For me, it's like, just try and, just go for it, just try and change it up and see what happens. But I actually think that Kyogo's in the press is much like Maeda. And the press, yeah. So if and the, the forward line. So if we are, aye, So if if we are playing for uh, going forward, he's obviously going to play up front in the two. But if we're coming back the way, he's more capable of tracking back. We've seen it under Ange as well. There was times where we were tracking, but he was the he was the last man coming back, winning a challenge and playing it off, and then trying to get forward again. I don't see any issue with, with playing him and Ida together, and then him having to play that role. And in fact, in fact, I would go as far as saying this season. What we've seen from him, we talked about it after the first game of the season, and we've seen it ever since. Because he's not getting that, he's coming short so much, he's basically playing the fucking 10 or a false nine as it is anyway. But that comes down to the system, though. It's not suiting him. I think that's what everyone's saying. Whatever's changed, whatever has Rogers has tweaked, is clearly not playing. I don't the, think it's so necessarily the system, because it's the same, same sort of formation and stuff we're playing. It's just the creativity and the sort of delivery yeah. that he, he's not getting that he, he was before. People aren't seeing these. Matt O'Reilly is pretty much the only one that, that sees that pass and plays that pass. Bernardo's not that player. He's more a uh, coming into the box late and trying to get goals. He's not a... Uh, he doesn't spot that pass. He doesn't split the defence with that with that sort of pass either. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's why he's been coming short. We've seen it recently in the last two games anyway. He's coming yep. really short and he's trying to fucking Maradona beat six men before he even does anything. He's tripping on his own laces. So, I don't see that. Like for me, I would just I would stick big eyed up top and then just fuck Kyogo on as well and just see how it goes. If it's shit and it goes tits up, then fair enough. Try something else. But but, the, um, but then we're out of a cup. Like if it goes shit and tits up, we'll be here next week lambasting the, the team selection. Yeah, because well, it's like no, well, but we, like that like that should we should be more capable of beating that some side with that team. Oh, I agree. By the way, so I wouldn't so I would, so lambast the team selection. I would maybe lambast the performance. But I wouldn't lambast the team selection. And I, I think, think it would be so positive. We talk about getting on, 
getting hit and you said recently we've been hitting it early and then we're we're terrible. Um I don't know. Get the two of them on, get a couple of goals early doors, and then and then hey, worry about that. Pat Stephen Tackers. I've Pat I have no idea what you're talking about, Big Chief. I, I appreciate I appreciate the comments and stuff and I'm getting involved, but I've no idea what that means. But I'm, I'm not staring anything. But James <laughs> I have no idea what that means. That's why I, I had to bring it up. Steering, Stephen. What? You're getting that in a group chat every day now, by the way. <laughs> but, like, again, something does have to change. But I think St. Mirren are probably the most physical outfit in the SPFL, to be honest, under Robson. And I just don't think if you move Kogo into the 10, it, it suits him at all. But, James, give me your, your score and lineup prediction. Uh, also for Mason let's do for Mason's if I'm picking the team that I think Brendan Rodgers will pick um, I think it'll be maybe the same I think it'll be 4-3-3 I think if he's inclined to shoehorn Kyogo in it'll be potentially in a wide berth but I don't think he will I think he'll start him in the bench so for me it'll be Hart Ralston uh, Navrotsky Scales Oh fuck! <laughs> Kyogo, Kyogo, Kyogo can play left back. Uh, oh mate, I, I honestly, I would even if he's playing a four three three, I wouldn't play Burnaby. Is Mitchell frame fit? Is he's, fucking he's get shin pads and can make it to Paisley on Sunday? <laughs> honestly, I, uh, it would need to be Burnaby. Could you even fucking shoot? Her? No, fuck it. No, I've got it. Scales is playing left back. Is Lagerbjelk and Navrotsky in the middle? Scales is playing left back. Um, the midfield three will be McGregor, Bernardo, O'Reilly. Um, I think it'll be Ida up front, and I think the the, the wingers could be fucking names out of hat. To be honest with you, I think my Ida will play, um, and I think the other one will be Palma. I think Palma will come back in. What's your score prediction? Going to be, I'm going to be confident and say one each. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'll say I'll go we'll repeat repeat the last time we were there get an early goal this time uh, and I'll go 3 no, it was 3 nothing the last time I'll go 3 nothing. Well, what about yourself uh, Plonsby Logan comes in play um, Ida left wing he played there for Norwich I know he plays off the wing for the Irish national team as well so it could be an option there too if you want to put, put the two of them on the pitch will he like you said nah I bring him in to be your focal point and then stick him in the wing when we've got 14,000 wingers. Nah. Um, I think the team will be Hart, Ralston, uh, is Welsh fit? Did he go no, out? He's, just... he's hammy, aye. Fucking hell, Welsh. You're fucking me an injury prone and fucking that twiglet, Mikey Johnson. Jesus Christ. It's all different. Aye, that's the team right there. Paul McFarlane's called it. That's the team. And we'll win 4 now. 4-0 I think I'd, I'd probably the same I go Hart, Ralston and Rocky Scales Burnaby, McGregor already Bernardo I've made at the start Ida and Coon I think it probably will be the same team the By same the way, team I, don't, I, I hope he doesn't go with that team but I think that's the team he'll go with yeah I have a feeling he'll do that I, I know I predicted the Aberdeen score right one each look again when I scout and analyse and do my data analysis, that that's what that's what happens. I mean, but you're I'll a, go. You're a, you're a closet Aberdeen fan, though, to be fair. <laughs> you know, you know why I signed the whole team the last three seasons? 
Fucking cheap <laughs> <laughs> I'll go I'll go uh two nil to Celtic. But lads it, it brings us to the end of a, another two hour podcast on a Friday. Have you enjoyed it? No. <laughs> you you've been far too negative tonight, Willie man. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, superb as usual, mate. Aye, it's been good to get back on. I missed it. Yeah, Paul McFarland comes in 2 1 Saturday. I think we're all being nice and positive. And also, Paul, I still have a couple of cans left. Didn't get the finish of the podcast, but you know what I'm going <laughs> to do? Put my feet up, watch the film, and finish the next three I have. So there we go. And then until, fuck, until Monday when we're discussing <laughs> the Samaritan Cup. I think game. we should remember the after SA cans, to be fair, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody. Stay well, keep safe. And we'll just need it.